Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Big Apple Hockey, where we got a lot to talk about going into the trade deadline. This is this this is just is this the best time of the year, guys? It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's either that or it's July 1st where you're filled up with hope and quickly get derailed when you find out a free agent's got a no-move clause for four years. Everybody, I am Mark Williams, your host. I know that we got that other name played on there, but I like this one better. And I'm joined by the host of the final buzzer back from Florida, Mr. John Falkowski. So, yeah, uh, rumor, world, uh, rumor mill is swirling right now. And there's a big name that may be headed to New York. Well, and here's a man that is celebrating one Brock Nelson, Mr. Anthony LaRocco. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. He, he's been on a heater. You know, he had that 12-game 12, that 12 point streak that snapped the other day. But then, um, you know, he had a two-goal two game the other night. It was crucial against Pittsburgh on Monday. So Brock's heating up at the right time again which is awesome to see. And you got to wonder where the New York Islanders would be without Brock Nelson, especially this season. But everybody, (laughs) and there's the dogs going off. Everybody, we're going to start by going to the A block. Is there a new graphic? I want to show it off, especially since I worked on it today. And there it is. All right. Which, by the way, our A block is always going to be brought to you by SeatGeek. Go on SeatGeek. Yeah, uh, put in the promo code Big Apple Hockey and you get $20 off your first order. All right. So, going into today, by the way, for all Ranger, for most Ranger games, I should say, there's a final buzzer with John Fulkowski, as well as I try to get the 60 second reviews done for both the Islanders and the Rangers as much as I can. You can also go to Big Apple Hockey Podcast, where I have a couple articles out there for that, as well as the Big Apple Hockey Trucker hats are on the way again. They're available now. Go ahead, order them. And of course, the trade deadline, that's that's a big show for us. We're going to have giveaways and stuff like that. So there's the, uh, the SeatGeek thing. But talking about the New York Rangers first, guys, the Rangers, third place in the Metropolitan Division, 75 points, and their goal differential keep on climbing, 39 right now, plus 39. They got five or six points on the, on the Western Canada trip. And then Connor Hellebuck came in and did the impression of a wall. But the story that is kind of permeating right now, guys, Igor Sesterkin's last five games, four and one, 0.65 save percentage, 18 goals against. Ouch. If he wasn't a New York Ranger, I'd probably be killing him. I got to ask you, Philk, is, is there concern with Igor's recent struggles? Yeah, there should be some. Uh, is it the end of the world? No, but there should definitely be some. He's doing things wrong. Stephen Valakad was breaking it down the other day um, on the last broadcast. Two of the goals uh, he was down extremely early for, and in one of them he was almost completely in his net. If he would have had wet paint on the crossbar and the posts, he would have had paint all over the back of his shoulders because he would have been so far back in the net. Um, but he's going down early on shots. He's staying down. Um, it just it doesn't seem right right now with him. Something is completely off. It's in his head. He just needs to reset. Um, he didn't talk to the, uh, the press the other day after the game uh, Monday night. So, um, yeah, he just needs to kind of reset things and, and just 
kind of try to relax himself in some sort of way because it just seems like he's fretting. He's fighting, running up several juicy rebounds, uh, you know, in that game. But he's going to be fine. It's just a matter of when he gets out of that funk. I would rather him go through this funk now than, you know, in April or possibly in May when you can't afford to have that. But, um, you know, the defense in front of him has still got to be better too. They just – it's enough is enough with the the bumbling, the passes. Uh, I've said this before about this team, but they're horrible at breaking the puck out of their own zone. And the over-reliance on stretch passes hurts them so much because if you don't have that, you're basically turning the puck over and you're icing it, giving it back, and it just ends up with more time in the defensive zone. And more time in the defensive zone is going to lead to more chances against, which is going to lead to more goals against. And that's that's a big problem, too. So Igor, while he should be taking some of the blame, is not fully to blame here. Uh, you need better out of guys like Jacob Truba. He needs to be better in his own zone. I mean, Kyle Connor absolutely just walked by him the other night for a breakaway, which Igor actually stopped, made a great save on. But you, you can't have that happening. Keandre Miller has not been playing great defensively as of late. He's had some games where he's looked really good, but overall his defensive play has dropped off quite a bit as of late. And, and that's, that's not something that can, the Rangers can afford to deal with right now because he's playing about 20 minutes a game. He, he can't be doing that in 20, for 20 minutes a game. So he's got to be better. Uh, Brandon Schneider has, has gone into a lull. Nico Mikola has taken way too many penalties. He has to stay out of the box. Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren have been good overall. As a, as a pair, Adam Fox has played great. But Ryan Lindgren, uh, he – I don't know what he's doing, but he seems to be chasing the puck all over the place instead of staying in his position and letting the game come to him. So he, he's got to get better. Um, but, yeah, this defense has to be a lot better to help out Igor. And I, I think this team needs a laugher where, you know, the opposition gets maybe 25, maybe 30 shots on net. But they're, but they're not high-danger chances. Maybe Igor has to make a few high-danger saves, and it, it's just a blowout and, and, and an easy game because the, the, Igor's in his head right now, and that's probably the best medicine to get him out of it. Kind of like the Vancouver game at MSG a couple weeks ago. Is that That's what you're prescribing for the New York Rangers? Uh, sort of, to, to an extent, yes. Uh, I would say something a little better defensively than that because – I thought they were very sloppy at times defensively in that game, too. Well, Anthony, what are your thoughts on Igor's recent struggles? You're the guy that was kind of sounding the alarm for me on this. I was throwing it back. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's been getting blasted a lot in my group chat, the men's league team I play on. They're actually filled with Ranger fans. So, um, you know, it's coming from from your own mostly. But, I mean, he's at a 9-12 save percentage this season. Um I think Larry, I saw a tweet by Larry Brooks, I think it was yesterday, saying that in his last nine out of 16 starts, he's got a, a, a save percentage lower than 900. So, um, you know, he's he's been up and down all year, more specifically during this stretch. Um, he hasn't been very good. And, you know, the Rangers have been on a heater, but you look at some of those games they won, they also let up three, four goals, some of those games. So mm -hmm. the goal scoring is kind of masking their defense and goaltending issues right now. Um, and obviously in a game where they didn't score goals against Winnipeg, you know, they score one goal and you, they let up four, obviously they lost. But, um, 
I think Shesterkin is is obviously a very good goalie. I just think he is in his head a little bit. Um, and listen, it's all it's hard to when you have like an almost historic season what he did last year. It's hard to follow that up. People are going to have expectations of of maybe it, it being replicated, um, and that's you know unless you're literally like a almost like a generational or elite elite player, it's hard to replicate a season like that year after year. So I think you got to keep that in mind too. But he does have to be better. Um, you know, come playoff time, obviously, it's harder to score goals. So, you know, if he were to keep playing like this, the Rangers offense may not mask some of these, you know, holes in his game right now. So it's important for him to work through it and clean it up now. So come playoff time, you know, he can get right because they're essentially going to be locked into that 2-3 matchup against the Devils. The Devils are an offensive team. They got speed. They can really move the puck and they could score. So, um, you know, if he doesn't have his game right by then, it could be present a problem. So, um He's just got to continue to work through it. Like Johnson, maybe it takes a confidence booster, like a like a shutout or a game where you know he makes a lot of big stops and you know lets one goal for maybe you know two three games in a row to get himself feeling good again. Um, but he ne- he needs to be better though. I mean, you expect more from an elite goaltender, and he needs to provide the Rangers with more. Um, it's just how it is. Listen, I get it. You know, when you have an elite goalie who your fan base endures, you never. It's it's for some fans. You find excuses and you, and you don't want to admit there's a problem. Same thing with the Islanders. I mean, Ely Sorokin's beloved by the whole team. And, yeah, sure, there are games he's been bad, and you gotta you got to call out like it is. And, you know, right now, um, you know, Igor is not playing well. And like John mentioned, the Ranger defense is not doing him any favors to compound that issue. Truba specifically, I do agree with Phil. Keandre Miller hasn't been as good as he was earlier in the year. Um, so there, there are other areas where they need to clean up for sure. It's not just in goal, but – um, if I were a Ranger fan, though, I would I would hope to God that Igor snaps out of it and, you know, he can not even necessarily get back to the Igor of last year. Because, again, you know, it's 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 hard to replicate a year like that, but at least play at a level where you're giving your team a, you know, 920 save percentage, you know, night in and night out. I mean, that that's for a goalie of his skill level. That's what you want to see. So um, I think he'll clean it up. But, yeah, right now I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be happy with his play for sure. I'll conclude with one reason why I think he's definitely going to get it cleaned up, but I'm going to start with this. He was 10th in the league in save percentage before this stretch, which knocked him all the way. He was at a 919, knocked him all the way down to a 912. And uh, it's, it's one of those things. I think they decided to rest him for two weeks. There's a theory going around. Somebody threw out there that he might've gotten hurt at the all-star game when he got uh, tangled up with Dylan Larkin. Um, whatever it is, you got Ben Wilder. Ben Wilder is going to get things right, and if it's not right, I mean, because look at what he's gotten getting out of Yaroslav Alok right now, and uh, and there's there are lulls, but you you guys are right. There are things to be concerned about, and I think Anthony, you also hit it on the head, which by the way is an article I put on the Big Apple Hockey Podcast website, which is I kind of compared it to Dwight Good in 1985. When you're that good, you're going to come back down to earth almost almost the other way around. Granted, Dwight Gooden had a lot of other things too, but going on. But in this case, there's no way Igor could replicate what that was last year. And I even thought that was a possibility. I guess shame on me, but <laughs> he's going to get it ironed out. And I think he's, I think his focus might be more towards the playoffs 
and getting there and then trying to conserve yourself because his playoffs did not start well last year either. And then he got a second wind and got the Rangers to the conference finals. By the way, Phil, um, before I get your thoughts on the West Coast trip, I think you're also right about that. If you're taking away the stretch pass for the Rangers, a lot like um, Tampa did and Carolina did for the most part in the playoffs last year, those games are very difficult for them to win. But yeah, you, you can't over-rely on that, and that's why this team gets hemmed into their own zone like that. The other, I'll say two last things about Igor before we move on. And one is the fact that he got five starts in February. Five. So, to me, I, I listen, I get that Yaroslav Halak needs to play, and he's playing well. But at the same time, this is almost like the same problem that they had in 2021 when Quinn tried to run the goalie carousel. You can't yeah. do that. And, and it, it shows, it, it tell you right now, you've got to run with Igor. You, you, he is your guy. You have to run with him. You have to stop worrying about the backup and, and everything. I he get he's got to get his game in there every now and then, but you cannot be playing Yaroslav Halak as often as they are playing him right now. I get they want to keep him rested, Igor, for the, the playoffs, but you can't do that. And and the other thing that I, I wanted to to talk about was that you you cannot, and I mean you absolutely cannot continue to start games the way they have started games. Oh yeah, and, that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you can't. Yeah, and, and and they're they're getting it, like they're the, the way that they're starting games, they're getting behind in every single game that they're playing and they're coming back and it's great that they they're coming back and they're winning a lot of these games, but you you got a point against Calgary which was great, but you cannot act like every team is going to be Edmonton and they're just going to fold and blow multiple goal leads, and it, it, you're not going to win the playoffs like that. You're not. You're just you're going to face better teams that'll lock everything down defensively. The Carolina, you get behind them like that, forget about it. You're done. Especially, especially 48 seconds in. And, and, and Winnipeg, Winnipeg is not nearly as good as a defensive team as Carolina or Boston. You get behind one of those two monsters, forget about it. You're done, especially with the way that Linus Olmark is playing. If you're playing Boston, so yep. the Rangers got to start starting games better, and that that's on coaching. If you if you do not have your players ready to start games consistently like this, that means that there's a problem with the coach, and whatever message he's sending, it's not getting through to them. So they have to figure this stuff out. Yeah, because you know what, starting a game is just as important as how you finish a game, and you can you, you hit the nail on the head with that one, and. It's you can't have games where you're going down four four to one in the first period two nothing within the first minute because then your your guys are just demoralized and then they'll go they'll go through the motions on that to the Rangers credit they came back and got at least a point out of both games two in the Edmonton game and Igor there were reports I saw that he he was he kind of wanted out of the Edmonton game Gallant stuck with him and he and he ended up doing an impression of a wall, but you can't ask too many guys to be doing that. Phil thoughts on the West coast trip first. I mean, it was good to get the points that they did. So, I mean, you go out there, usually they, they have a pretty tough time on the West coast, but they, they played pretty well. I mean, overall, I guess they played well, but again, a lot of sloppy games getting behind in games. And it seems like it's becoming a trend. 
they're they're not they're not stepping up. They're they're not stepping up to start games. And if you're if you're not going to be awake to start games, it's going to come back to bite you. So that's one thing that they've got to change, and they've got to change it now. Anthony. I mean, yeah, it's falling behind. I mean, I, I've seen it with the Islanders. It's falling behind in the first period um, constantly. You know, you, you dig yourself a hole, and sometimes it's too hard to come back from. I mean, some cases, some cases you do, but you don't want to make a, a you know, a, a, a ritual of it of it happening all the time or being too consistent with it. So, yeah, the Rangers have to start better. I mean, again, that doesn't help Igor's you know confidence either. When you when you fall behind in the first period, it seems like every game it takes a little bit out of you. Um, but you know, you, you gotta, you gotta start on time. You gotta have your legs, you know, this time of year points are so important. Teams are come coming out, flying out of the gate and you have to be willing to match the other team's work ethic and intensity. Um, if you don't, you could find yourself with the game being over before it starts. Yeah. And after all starting on time, that was what, um, Mike Babcock used to talk about all the time. I, his name almost slipped my mind for a minute. Because I don't think I'm going to see him much in the NHL for the next few years, anyway. But um, yeah, you got you got to start a game fresher than the way they've been starting it. So hopefully the Rangers can get that corrected. All right, everybody, let's move let's move over to the Islanders. The Islanders right now moved up to fourth in the Metro with two huge third period comebacks against the Penguins in regulation, which was more important than anything else. Yeah, they were crushed by Boston, but. That's not the bad news out of that. This was Matt Barzell right now. He's week to week. On the other hand, the Islanders in the last 10, six, two and two, they are number one in the wild card rankings ahead of Florida and Pittsburgh. And of course, Washington, by the way, 60 games played Pittsburgh still has four games at hand. We'll get more on that in a little bit. And they're still going to go through the buzzsaw versus Winnipeg versus LA at Winnipeg at Minnesota versus Detroit, versus Buffalo, versus Pittsburgh, and versus Washington. But before we get too far into that, everybody, I've got to make Anthony the happiest guy in the world because he gets to see Ilya Sorokin making this unbelievable stop on Chris Letang. And with the stick. How do you? How does he get it with the stick? And it's not the first time he's done this, Anthony. Uh, yeah, he did it to the, you know, the save against the Rangers that I think won save of the year last year on Panarin, where he got it with a stick. Um, you know, but if you're, if you're an Islander fan um, that watches, you know, the Islanders every night, and I mean, none of this, none of this really surprises you. I mean, the, the guy, the guy is like Gumby. Um, and he may, you know, he stretches to make ridiculous saves night in, night out. Um, it's something that we've kind of gotten used to. So when I see him make a ridiculous save, it's just kind of like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> there he is doing his thing again. Um, no, but that that was a huge save. It was 2-1 Penguins at the time. So if that goes in, it could end up being a different game. But, you know, I said last week that, you know, the two games against Pittsburgh were absolute must wins. They absolutely needed to get both those wins against Pittsburgh. Um, and they did, you know, in both games, they were down, um, you know, the game at home, they were down the two goals came back. Uh, and, you know, I was, even when they were, it was tied. I'm like, ah, you know, yeah, they could still win, but I'd rather have Pittsburgh get no points. Um, and that's what ended up happening. Uh, so, you know, Parise with the game winning goal with about three minutes left. And then the game against in Pittsburgh, you know, Tristan Jarry is making his return. He hadn't played in nine games. Um, and he did Tristan Jarry things. I mean, Bo Horvat 
took a good shot, but from that angle on the tying goal, he probably should have stopped it. Uh, and then on the winning goal, you know, he kind of misplayed the puck and then the defenseman gave the puck away and Lee was back door, you know, game over. But, um, you know, it was, listen, they're, they're not giving up. You could tell in their play, uh, they were motivated to get both of those wins and they did. And the game against Boston, listen, obviously they got waxed. Um, it is what it is coming off a back to back. They're playing their backup goalie. I didn't, I wasn't really, wasn't too broken up about it. Uh, the Penguins games were the ones they had to absolutely win. And they did, you know, and now they're in the first wild card spot. And a lot, yeah, teams b- below them have games in hand. But as I said before, games in hand, one, don't mean anything if you don't win them. And those teams have serious issues. I mean, Pittsburgh's not going anywhere with the goaltending they have. Washington's on a three-game slide, and it just looks like their age is starting to really show, which Phil had said before. They're slipping. Um, you know, Buffalo beat San Jose and Anaheim, and it's like, but then they played a good team in Toronto, and they got absolutely waxed. Uh, and they don't really have good goaltending and good defense either. So, I don't More know. I think the Islanders just have to keep winning games. If they, if they keep winning games, you know, the, the advantage they have in all these teams below them is the goaltending. So, if they could just get on a little bit of roll here, maybe get a little bit of separation, it might come to the point where the games in hand really won't even be an issue. So, um, this next this next four-game stretch here is uh, is big, starting with tonight in Winnipeg. Should be a good game. Two all-world goalies in net. Hellebuck versus Sorokin. Um, but, yeah, uh, just just keep just try to keep going. And, again, just getting points, getting points, and try to get that separation from those teams like Buffalo and, you know, Detroit and even Washington. So we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens tonight. But I was really happy they, they got those two wins against Pittsburgh. Because if they didn't, I mean, it would have been really, really tough for them to get into a playoff spot. No worry about Detroit with four games in hand and only three ba- uh, three points back? Again, it's first off, like, I mean, every team is flawed. You know, even, you know, the Rangers have flaws, you know, Hurricanes have flaws. Every team has flaws. But these teams like Detroit and Buffalo, they're not they're not good teams. They have they have a lot of issues, um, several. Uh, Villa Huso, you know, last year he was amongst the league leaders in goaltending statistics. This year he's nowhere to be found. Detroit. Yeah, they're they're playing well. I'll eat my hat if Detroit makes the playoffs. Honestly, I'm not concerned about Detroit to answer that question. All right. All right. Because uh, I didn't put them on the rundown, so I needed to get some kind of mention on this. Phil, what are your thoughts on the Islanders moving into wildcard one? I mean, they've cleaned up a little bit. I still think they're a little sloppy defensively still. I, I You know, they're still letting up a lot of goals. Ilya Sorokin's still – I mean, he's playing great at times. Not what – you were getting familiar Sorokin earlier on in the year, kind of like his friend across the uh, across town. Um, but they're they're playing a little better defensively. You really have to wonder how this Matt Barzell injury is going to uh, affect them, and that that's the biggest thing. Um, does does this hamper them going forward? Uh, Pitt, Pittsburgh's I, I think Pittsburgh is garbage defensively, and I think they're garbage in goal. I think their their strategy is going to be can can their aging core basically keep the puck from the opposition and score goals. And they're pretty good at that. But can they do that for an entire game? And can they do that against a team that's going to hammer them all game and be all over them and hound them and give them hell? And I, I don't think they can do that. I just don't think that team is good enough. If they go and they make moves, then, then who knows? But, you know, the Islanders, they, the one thing that they're always going to have over the other teams that are chasing the wild card spots are defense and goaltending. And I, I honestly think that the Islanders might even be a deeper team than some of the other teams as well. 
but overall, but I, I, I do think that when you have the level of the, uh, the, the defense corps that they do and the goaltender that they do, that they have a distinct advantage over those teams going forward. Like I said about Washington, another team with an aging core, Alexander Ovechkin seems to be coming back. I believe he's going to be back either tonight or the next game, I think. I'm yeah, I think, he, I think he was a select tweet. He was on the ice for practice with them. So, for yeah, he's, he's back. Yeah. The team. Yeah. So, I, I don't know if he's playing in the next game or if it's the game after that. But, uh, I mean, that's a boost to them. But, again, you, you're still without John Carlson going forward. And we don't know how long or how much longer he's going to be out for. But um, I, I think the Islanders are primed to to take at least one of those wild card spots. Maybe even maybe it is even wild card one. And you'd much rather play Carolina than than Boston, to tell you the truth, because I, I, I can't <laughs> see the Islanders doing anything against Boston. I don't I don't know. I, I think any team that plays Boston in the first round is going to get absolutely destroyed. That that's just it's a waste of eight days, as uh, Daryl Sutter would say. Basically, but. I mean, the Islanders still have some things to clean up. Um, you have to hope that Matt Barzell is back sooner than later. And now it's just it's next man up. You know, who, who's going to be that guy? Is it Brock Nelson going to go on a heater and 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 kind of ride out that heater, you know, for the rest of the season, or, or or you know, just be consistently good going forward? I mean, you after last year, you expected more from Brock Nelson. Is Andrews Lee going to step up and start scoring some more goals? Is Kyle Palmieri going to do something? I mean, I know you don't have Oliver Wallstrom back yet, and you know, you're, you're missing you're missing guys like Simon Holmstrom and stuff. I, I mean, listen, I you you can go up and down asking for guys to start contributing offensively. It's just a matter of who the next guy is going to be at this point. So, I mean, big wins for them against Pittsburgh. I mean, you can't really say much about the Boston game. I, I didn't even watch that one. I wasn't available for it. But um, – yeah, Boston is just – they're in a class of their own right now. And a back-to-back after an emotional win like that, that was going to happen. Yeah, and I mean – and, and that's that's a good sign if you're the Isle, if you're an Islander fan. They get up for a big rivalry game against a team that they're playing, that they're in direct competition in, and they were down in that, that one game, and they came back and they won. And, you know, that, that's a very physical, emotional game. Those are the games. Those are playoff-type games that you want to win. And especially being that they're four-point games, that's big. That, that, that's not just big. That's huge. So good on the Islanders to be able to do that. But, um, you know, like I said, without Matt Barzal, here comes the true test. Well, I'm going to be quick with my point on this one because I'll start with the fact that now you're going to see the value of the Bo Horvat trade. Uh, yeah, sure. There's there's uh, there's goal scoring and all the other stuff. His leadership is what's going to help the Islanders right now, especially being Sands Barzell. They could, yeah, sure, they could use Barzell, but this is where you you lose a little bit of talent and you get the guys to pull together. Maybe maybe you you keep that adrenaline rush going. Like I said, it's a difficult next eight games. I'll put it up on the screen again, but and, you know the the Islanders right now they just beat Pittsburgh twice. Who knows? You you beat Winnipeg and then you get yourself on a roll. Everybody starts to believe, and when you have confidence, everything gets better. Just and and we can start with that. Uh, you're right about one thing, guys. We've we said it all year. Ilya Sorokin is their difference maker, uh, and he's they'll win the goaltending matchup pretty much against most teams. This this being one tonight where he might not win that matchup, but um. 
you know, the Islanders, if, if they can keep this up, then it doesn't matter if the other guys got games in hands because they got to win those, those games in hand. So, uh, but we're going to get the final word from Anthony right here. What, uh, what do you think they have to do to keep this going? So losing Barzell clearly, you know, sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it just, they're, it just, their center depth is still, is still really good. You have Horvat Nelson. I mean, Pat Pajot's still out. Hopefully he'll be back soon. Um, but Horvat Nelson, Pajot, Sezikis down the middle as your, your, you know, centers one through four, um, despite missing Barzell, that's still pretty damn group, group of depth down the middle. So that's the positive. They just need, they're going to get, need to more, get more production from their wingers. And if that, when this being that this is the case, they're strong down the center of the ice. They need their wingers to start producing. Paul Mary Lee, they need to start putting, they need to put pucks in that. I mean, Lee's actually been pretty good lately. Paul Mary yeah. has been getting points, assists. He needs to score goals. Um, and this is why I think, I think if they, you know, win their next couple of games here and, and keep this going, um, you know, Lou's going to add another, add another forward to help compensate with, with Barzell being out. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be a major one, but, you know, he might look to a guy like JVR and Philly's probably going to be out. He could probably had for pretty cheap. Um, they're going to, they're going to pick up another forward to add for their, their depth going down the stretch here. Um, so I think just, you know, keep, keep, Trying to keep the momentum going, you know, you, you feel you're feeling good about yourselves. Pick up two huge Metropolitan Division wins against your the Penguins here. Um, you know, you're finally you're in a playoff spot again, um, but it's tight. So they're going to have to play like every game is a playoff game, essentially. And even the teams below them have to do that, too. So they have to bring the intensity and the work ethic every night. And, you know, hopefully they pick up points on a more consistent basis here. And I don't mean to be beating this dead horse or. Even he's, he's probably a great guy, but if there's any goalie that I need to make a save, it's never going to be Tristan Jari because <laughs> that guy, he can, he can let in a shot from the other end and have it go in. You were talking about the Mike Richter from 1992 uh, earlier with me, Phil. but I mean, Tristan Jari, if there's a chance for a soft goal, he, that, that Horvat goal, good for Horvat, bad for you, Tristan. That was awful. So, all right. And that's, and that's why the Penguins, I think, are, are in a little bit of trouble. I mean, their goaltending is not good. And they, you know, their defense isn't good. And they, they're they stars. You know, Crosby, Malkin, Gensel. I mean, Raquel, they, they, they need to do something if they want to, you know, get into the playoffs here. And if the Penguins, for some reason, don't make the playoffs, there might be a name on the chopping block. We'll get to that more in a minute. But first, actually, you know what? Let's go. I'll I'll save it for Bar Talk to ask you guys to go around on that. All right. So that's the end of the A Block, guys. And that was also powered by SeatGeek. Use Big Apple Hockey to get $20 off your first order. Because we are going to do some power rankings right now. And uh, there's the intro. All right, and to present our power rankings for today, we have Mr. John Falkowski, who's going to start reading them off. All right, so for mine, I went Boston Bruins number one. Uh, yeah, what is there really to say about this team that hasn't been said already? They they continue to, 
to just roll along their wagon. They're going to win the president's trophy. There's not really anybody that's going to give them a fight, maybe except Carolina with an outside shot. Um, but that's, that's really about it right now, but they just keep firing on all cylinders. Um, this team, funny enough, on paper, they're not like incredible looking, but they just, they play well and they're very well coached. And Linus Olmark is just having a year like, like Igor had last year, but he's actually having an even better one, funny enough. So, um, moving on to number two, I put the New York Rangers at number two. Um, they've won seven games in a row and they were coming back in some of these games, um, just showing a lot of resilience. That whole no-quitting New York manager was there. Uh, they were playing very well. Um, they had points in eight games in a row until they lost Winnipeg the other night. It's probably their worst loss in a while. Winnipeg just kind of outclassed them in terms of defense. I mean, Hellebuck was great in that game, but uh, they were they were trying to force cross-team passes. Winnipeg was not letting anything go through. Um, they needed to take more shots on the point. I mean, uh, Gerard Gallant's got to be better at making in-game adjustments because he just doesn't seem to know how to do that. Uh, moving on from the Rangers at number three, I have the Carolina Hurricanes. I think they were I, – I, I think right behind the Rangers and the Bruins, they were just right, – they were kind of rolling along quietly. Not a lot of people are talking about them right now. Um, they're still a dangerous team. And I, I think they might make a move. I wouldn't be surprised if they got Timo Meyer, and that would be a scary acquisition for that team, even with the losses of uh, players like Max Pacioretty and so on. Um, but, yeah, they, they don't have a lot of holes except for in net. Their defense is pretty good. Uh, their forwards play a very quick, in-your-face, up-tempo type of game. It's hard to play against. Their defensemen are almost always pinching. So it makes uh, – Zone exits nearly impossible, and they're just a real tough team to play against. We saw that come playoff time last year. They found a way to break uh, Brindamore's uh, system. Rangers might have to do that again because they might have to end up playing them again. So, uh, number four, I have the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, they're, you know what? They, they've been playing some real good hockey as of late. Uh, they're coming on. It, it, it seems like they're just in that 2000 Yankees mold where they're kind of just getting through the season and they're just waiting to make their move at the trade deadline. And then they're going to make that move. And then they're going to, uh, you know, just pop up and be right back in, you know, the cup threat scene. Not that they are in a cup threat right now, but uh, one real good move on defense and maybe another depth forward could really just put them right back into the thick of things. And you could be looking at them as, you know, maybe going to their fourth Stanley Cup final in a row for all we know. No, not that anybody outside of Tampa Bay wants to see that, but uh, you know, they, they seem like they're primed to to be in that position. And then number five, I put the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, they're playing a hell of a lot better uh, lately. It just this team just keeps going along in terms of regular season play. We know that the issue is the playoffs, so uh, that's going to be the the real thing. Can they? Can they finally win the playoff round? But you went and you added two depth pieces, and I shouldn't say it, a, a, a big star player and a depth piece. And Ryan O'Reilly comes in and scores a hat trick. I mean, he looks way better than he's looked all year in St. Louis. I mean, and then you add Noel Chari as a good bottom six forward on top of that. I mean, 
Toronto got the types of players that they needed. They needed they needed more, you know, good two-way, 200-feet players. They got two of them in this deal, and it's going to make them a hell of a lot tougher to play against come playoff time. I, I think they still need a defenseman, but the you know, that, those moves will go a long way. So, Well, looking at the rest of our top uh, – whoop, sorry. For some reason, it was on the wrong screen right there. Our top five – you know, Anthony and I, we tend to agree with a lot of these, but uh, I had the New Jersey Devils at number three, but the Carolina too. I, I have the Rangers getting in there at five. Maple Leafs, like you said, Philk, got to love the way the Maple Leafs are on there. I mean, I know mine's very Eastern Conference heavy. Uh, you look at yours and Anthony, uh, basically same thing. Maple Leafs and Devils are flip-flopped. Anthony, what have, what has impressed you about some of the teams you have in your top five? Muted. Oh, I got muted. him. And he, I just he muted him again. <laughs> okay. So let him do it. Yeah. We're good. Um, you know, I have Boston, Toronto at one and two. They're the, they're the best two teams in the league. Um, you know, they're, they're in a class of their own. So I felt it was, it was easy to keep it that way at one and two. Um, the rest, the rest of the three, uh, I mean, I could have really flip-flopped in any type of order, to be truthful with you. Um, you know, I I had the Rangers at five like you, Mark. Uh, my reasoning for that was just they've been winning games, but, again, they, they've, they've been scoring a lot of goals, but they've also been letting up a lot. They need to clean that up in their defense. So um, I thought it was appropriate to have them at five. I don't know if you had them at five for the same reasons, Mark, but um, – regardless though they're definitely a top five team for me right now and i think uh you know we all were in agreement essentially what the top five teams were a few cha- a few um you know you know variances there but um i just think bought i mean boston and carolina are just so good i i just for me it'd be hard pressed to see any for anyone to try to say those two teams aren't the best two teams in the league right now they're just teams seems like they're machines to be honest with you so um we'll see who comes happens come playoff time because that's the most important when it comes when it matters playoff hockey uh but I, I would be surprised if either of them had early exits but for me they're they're the top two teams in the league by football i mean hockey. if you look at the since the last time we did this which i believe was july 11th boston is nine three and one i wasn't going to knock them out of the top overall spot for that 3.38 goals against at 1.85 sorry that was goals for per game 1.85 goals against per game. Carolina was 11 and 1, 4.25 and 2.33 were their, were their numbers. Colorado nearly got in there for me because Colorado's been playing exceptional. And I couldn't put the Rangers in, in uh, over the New Jersey Devils. We're going to look back at that Devils comeback against the Rangers in the beginning of January. And that's going to be what turned around the Devils season because. They pop those two goals in the third period, beat then Severson wins it in overtime. They have not relinquished second place since then. So, and the Rangers had a chance to, at second place. Now, and they don't have Jack Hughes either right now. And they're on, uh, no, still... I, I thought he just came back too. I no, he, he just came did. back. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he came back. He, right. he went from week to week and it was only about two weeks. So, I don't wow. even yeah. think it was two weeks. Yeah, that's. So right there, Anthony, that's an encouragement for you for Matt Barzell. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully. you're on the I same hope. situation. Yeah, but, but you know, did, yeah. Uh, Jack Hughes' upper body, Matt Barzell, 
Um, I, I didn't see it, but I heard it was a knee-to-knee hit from Craig Smith. Yeah, I still didn't see it yeah. either. Yeah, I still haven't seen it because uh, work Saturday was just killing me. So that is our power rankings. What do you what do you guys think about them? Who would you put in? Who would you take out? Throw it all down in the comments below. Maple Leafs fans, I know you argued with me over the, the our power rankings last month, but you know what? You're in now for me. So there you go. I think all of us threw you in there. Uh, although I think yours was out. So, all right. And now let's let's do uh, let's do a bar talk, guys. Shot. This is the easiest side to answer. Miss beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually gonna go crazy. I'm gonna buy everybody around on this one. All right, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we're gauging our confidence on, on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident you're buying everybody around? So, so, you'll just have a beer, or oh my God, I just need a shot. Play along down in the comments below, and of course, for this, we are sponsored by uh, Drizzly. Make it a Drizzly night. Click the link in the description. Why go to the liquor store when the liquor store could come to you? It's also great for parties. That way you don't have to go out. Just click. Just do the, just do the app. Make sure you click the, uh, the link down below. And as I said before, Big Apple truck, uh, Hockey Trucker Hats are coming. And speaking about what's coming, 10 days away, guys. The bi- uh, Actually, it's now nine. The, uh, the trade deadline show that we're doing and the big name on the market, Patrick Kane. 10 days and counting. Well, it, it could be nine, like I just said it a second ago. And up to five teams are interested. Filk, the New York Rangers will acquire Patrick Kane. I'm going to buy around. Uh, I, I I think this is happening. I I, I really, at this point, I, I just don't see him going anywhere else. He's made it pretty clear he wants to come to New York. So I think it's New York or bust at this point. And this is just like Rick Nash in 2012. And I know that that happened in the offseason. But, I mean, even if Chicago can't get their asking price, they're just going to hold on to this guy and, and then just let him go to free agency and walk for nothing instead of getting assets to – to help their rebuild. I, I mean, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I think he wants out um, that the comments after the Tarasenko trade would tell you that. And then he, the comments about Toronto, how he came out basically and said that, well, not basically, he did say that Toronto was never an option. So, um, and I don't see Toronto. And, and, and right after that, he, he can't, they ended up getting Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Chari. So, you, you know, they're not getting any more forward help. They're, they're more than likely going after a defenseman. So that would eliminate what was believed to be a suitor for him. So I, I, I think this is around. I, I just think it now it's we're in the, the whole negotiation stage and squabbling between Jury and Davidson and how far down Jury can get Davidson's price at this point. But that's what I think we're looking at right now. Anthony. I think it's a beer. Um, I mean, it could happen, but you got to also understand there's it's, it's a little it's complicated. The Rangers need to find a third team to broker it um, to retain the salary, and then it, not, aside from giving up giving up assets to Chicago, they're also going to have to give up an asset to the third team that's brokering the retention of the salary. So, um, 
yeah, it, it's certainly possible, but around him, uh, for me at least, implies that it's like definitely happening. I think Patrick Kane still has interest in going to some other teams. The Dallas Stars is a name that I've heard consistently. Uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights are another team that I've heard. Um, the Oilers, but I don't think he wants to go to Edmonton. But th- there are other teams out there that I think he will consider. Um, and it might be an easier path for Chicago uh, to facilitate the trade. You don't have to jump through the hoops. But listen, it's certainly possible as long as until here, the Rangers are still going to be talked about a possibility just because he was their top. He was their prefer his preference. So um, we'll see. Uh, certainly possible, but I think there are other players out there. I'm upgrading my answer to just beer. Uh, I still think the economics of the situation don't don't really work. But on the other hand, if he's really that motivated, he can tell the Blackhawks basically get whatever deal you can from New York for me. That's the only team I'm going to. And then Chris Drury has pieces like small pieces that he can give. If you said Vitaly Kratzoff at a second round pick and money retained, and unfortunately the Rangers are probably gonna have to deal. Um, another pick elsewhere in order to get a three-team trade. Probably going to be a third-round pick, too. It, 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 based, based on what we're seeing with these other trades, when you look at David Savard, Derek Brassard, even the Ryan O'Reilly trade, mm-hmm. it, it looks like it's been third, fourth-round picks to these other teams to retain you know, 20%, 25%. So that's not going to be an issue at all. It's just finding the team. Vancouver – has basically stated that they're interested in doing that. So why why would Vancouver not Minnesota? They've already done it. You probably would do it again. So like, uh, but I've I've gone over this a million different times. I think if 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 it's another star like Patrick Kane, too many cooks spoil the stew. And I'd rather see a guy like say Barbashev and maybe Nick Benino come over. And there you go. That just rounds out your second line okay. right wing. Okay, Move so you, you still want Jimmy VC in the top six? No, Barbashev would come in too. You would put him up on the second line. Because if you get Benito, you're you're not getting Barbashev too. Well, I was just throwing that one out there. Well, I mean, they're they're trying to get a ten million dollar player under the cap right now. I'm pretty sure that my my trade I just suggested was as much of a pipe dream. Like uh the, the, I mean, the there Ra- are fans Rangers- right now throwing out Lafferty and Kane in this deal. There's no way they're gonna get both. The Rangers score a lot of goals. The Rangers score a lot of goals. I don't think goal scoring is a problem for them. I, I, I don't think they need Patrick Kane. I think they could, if they wanted to make another move, I think there are other areas where they can put their assets to to try to improve their overall game. They, they don't have trouble scoring. So, I mean, yeah, if, if, Kane's, if Kane says it's Rangers a bust, then sure, Drury will definitely pursue it. But they, okay. don't, they don't need him. They don't, I don't okay. think they need Patrick Kane. Let, let me let me ask you this. What would you rather face? Would you rather face a top six that has Jimmy VC in it or a top six that has Patrick Kane in it? Or here, here's well, a better no, question. Which, which is which is a bigger problem for an opposing coach when you can put three guys like Kane, Zvanajad, and Panarin on one line, or when you could put them on three different lines? and create a matchup nightmare. Because that's, that's something I would be interested in. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right, but it goes they, – they still score goals is my point. They, they don't – they don't in dire need for Patrick Kane. Like, the, I feel like the Dallas Stars are in dire need for Patrick Kane. I mean, they, they need more – they need more star power. 
they need more they need more offense um like that would but be, we'll see listen we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens but i again uh I mean, Emily Kaplan had an article on ESPN today, and she mentioned that the Rangers are certainly not out of it. But she also said it's still the Blackhawks still aren't certain that Kane even wants to be moved at this point. Apparently, he still hasn't said trade me yet. So I don't I, believe I don't, that one bit. I don't know. I don't believe that one bit. And, and how is it that that's going around? Because that's that's got to be from Chicago media trying to push everything down. How is that the case? When Patrick Kane came out and said what he said, we got it from the That's, horse's mouth about the Tarasenko yeah. trade. Yeah. Something is That's not true. right about what's coming out about, oh, well, he hasn't told us that he wants out yet. That's obviously a bunch of shit. That's obviously <laughs> That's a, a good lie. Point. He's lying. Yeah, I well, I believe I uh, Patrick that. Kane right now is stuck singing, should I stay or should I go on loop? Right now, oh, because stop. he already he already said he should go when he said what he said about the Tarasenko trade. If, if that if that's not I don't want out and I want to go to New York, then what is? That's sort of like that's sort of like oh, if I didn't have a boyfriend, I would have been interested in dating you. I mean, that's what that's. When sort have of you ever was. seen another player come out and comment on a trade like that and say, "Oh, I wasn't really happy about that trade." <laughs> Please. All right. When you've heard this, because I've never heard it in the 30 plus years that I've been watching hockey. Uh, I kind of got to agree with you on that. It's been very rare, but we, we can't spend 30 minutes on this. We've actually spent a good chunk of time on it. So, Anthony, as you know, Matt Barzell is week to week right now. The Matt Barzell injury will force Lou to acquire a top six forward. Yeah, if things go well here, they they have four games before the trade deadline. Um, you know, if they keep performing here and collecting points and, you know, keep increasing their chances of making the playoffs, um, you know, I, I definitely think he's going to make another move for a forward. Um, you know, right now, I mean, not that he's any loss, but Josh Bailey's out, uh, you know, Pajot's out, Barzell's out. I mean, they called up Arnon Durando from, from Bridgeport who actually looked, you know, pretty good. But um, you guys have Simone Holmstrom in the lineup still. So there are guys that um, he can – improve upon to create more offense and to provide more offense for the team and give more depth. So, uh, yeah, I certainly think he's going to look to add a forward. Um, again, not saying it's going to be a, a major trade, but then again with Lou, I mean, you really don't know what to expect from this guy. He keeps everything so close to his chest. Um, but with that said, I could easily see a, you know, a JVR or a, a you know, a, a Max Domi type of addition to the team to give them some more scoring in the top nine. All right, Phil. That cost better be cheap because that prospect covered uh, is just barren right now. You have two prospects that are really worth anything right now in Dufour and Bolduc, and you can't afford to deal those two in either of those trades. So, I mean, I, 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 yes, it, it, I'm going to say round in, in, the, in the aspect that it forces them to do it, but whether it actually happens, it, 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 to me, that's – I'm teetering between a beer and a shot in that aspect because yeah. it, it just it, – it, I don't think that they have anything really to deal left at this point. You dealt a first-round pick in the Horvat deal. You don't want to continue to do that. And, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just don't see what they have to deal away to, to get a deal done for anything greater than maybe a – 
a JVR, depending on what the asking price is on JVR or Domi. I, I can't imagine it would be too, too high, though. The one thing the Islanders also have is a salary cap. So they can they don't have to get retention, which is going to drive up the price uh, that a lot of other teams can do. Yeah, that definitely does work in their favor. That, but you're right about that. There isn't that many prospects, and Lou doesn't want to strip the cover completely bare. So Bulldog and DeFore are going nowhere. Uh, I'm going with a beer on this. I also think Lou does like his team, and I think that was obvious sort of last year as fans were clamoring. You got to sign a free agent. Lou decided to stay with his guys and that's basically it. Uh, I, d- I just, I don't see him completely mortgaging the future, even if he's not part of it. I don't see him doing NBA general manager. I'm going to just deal away every single asset, let the next guy handle it. Cause the next guy could be, uh, could, could be somebody that he knows. So he doesn't want to do that. I don't guys, think he's also go back to the team. Is <laughs> that it? I don't think he's the type of guy. I don't think he's the type of guy that cares much either. Like I said, he's 80 years old. Um, you know, he he might not want to. I don't have much time longer. He wants to keep doing this, so keep that in mind. <laughs> that is a good point. But he is also a hockey lifer, so that's one thing and one reason why he'll keep doing it. Let's focus on the team that the Islanders beat the other night and Friday night, and that's the Pittsburgh Penguins. You look at them right now; they're ninth in the East, 63 points. They're just not looking that great right now. And if there's going to be a fall guy for the Pittsburgh Penguins, if they don't make the playoffs, Pittsburgh will move on from Mike Sullivan, Mr. Larocco. Yeah, I mean, I think if if they were to fail and make the playoffs, um, it's certainly possible. So I'll go beer. Um, but also, some of it's not on Mike Sullivan. I mean, he really he really can't control that his goaltenders, you know, don't you know perform for him night in and night out. Um, you know, it's more, it's more on Ron Hextall, you know? So I, yeah, I don't know. So I, I mean, could, I mean, yeah, coaches often they end up being the fall guys, right? Not even mm-hmm. necessarily it's their fault. They fall on the sword. So it's certainly possible. Um, but I don't know if it's also well-deserved again, just because he doesn't really control what he's given on the roster in terms of goaltending and defense, et cetera. Um, but Again, if they missed the playoffs, which we, I think it's only happened once in Crosby's tenure. So if they missed the playoffs, um, now is his first year. They might send, yeah, they might send the message and and fire him. So I'll, I'll go beer. Felk. Yeah, I'm gonna say beer. I mean, only if they miss the playoffs. It, again, yes. it's it's only if they miss the playoffs. Uh, if they make the playoffs with this roster and. The, the horrendous goaltending that they have, then Mike Sullivan should probably be up for coach of the year because there's, there's just this, this is an aging core. It's a flawed team with a lot of holes. Uh, Jeff Carter has regressed big time. He's starting to decline horribly. Um, so uh, Pittsburgh fans are not happy with him at all. There, there's not a lot of depth. I mean, Jeff Petrie's name has been thrown around in the rumor mill lately, which is just weird considering things that they just traded for him recently. But there's a lot of things wrong with this team. And if Mike Sullivan gets them to a playoff spot, I mean, kudos to him at that point. He's He's got to be a Jack Adams nominee. So this is a beer only if, only if they miss the playoffs. Otherwise, it would be a shot for me. Because Sullivan, although, like you guys said, 
fall guys, coaches usually end up being fall guys because it's easier to fire one guy than get rid of, you know, 20 of them. But Sullen's not the problem here. It's the poor roster construction and the fact that this team is just heading for a rebuild. Uh, you guys hit the nail on the head Mark, with that one. And you, uh, also the reason why I'm even bringing this up is because uh, Sullivan usually would get the, uh, uh, the coaches get the blame in this. Anthony, I'm just going to say, I'm going to throw the beer out there for that. And then I want to go back to you and then I'll finish my thought on that in a second. Yeah. I was just going to say, um, I looked it up while Phil was talking. So I was curious as much as we, we bash uh, Tristan Jari. Uh, he's got a 920 save percentage this year, which uh, I didn't I didn't think it was as high as it was, uh, but he does. Deceptive. So, which yeah, it's 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 weird because every time I watch him play, you know, he lets up just he can soft goals. You but, know who he is? Yes, sorry, Anthony. You know who he is? He's Mark Sanchez or Tony Romo. That as soon as as soon as you need the play to be made, he was, he's not going to make it. He's not going to make the save. All he had to do was get was get a little bit more even towards Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat saw him being lazy, put the puck right off him and in the net. You shouldn't be able to score from right there. And the thing is, consistently, this guy in his career has done this over and over and over again. This is the yeah. reason why we we end up slamming Tristan Jari. I mean, it's 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 just what he what he does. And unfortunately, you got a guy like Mike Sullivan who's done an excellent job with this team. But the other thing I got quote for you is outside of the years, he's won a Stanley cup, one playoff series win. That's it. That's it. 2018. Other than that, he's won the cup or he hasn't won at all. So, and, and I also think the Islanders exposed Jari for what he was two years ago. And he still hasn't changed my mind. You know, one guy that's changing a lot of changed a lot of minds and turning a lot of heads. Ryan O'Reilly, acquired by the Maple Leafs on Friday, his last two games, three goals, two assists, including last night's hat trick, a four-point game. And, Phil, I'll ask you, although I'll use the term he's the Butch Goring, but Ryan O'Reilly is the missing piece for Toronto. I'm going to say beer. Uh, the reason why I say beer is I, I think they also need another defenseman. I think they need another defenseman who can log about 20 minutes a game. Um, uh, otherwise, I, if if they had that, then Ryan O'Reilly, this would be around for me because they they needed a guy like him since Doug Gilmore. And that that is what they have been missing for so many years, a great two-way center who can come in, shut down the opposition, and score at the other end, play playoff-type hockey. O'Reilly's has a, uh, you know, he's got a Selkie, he's got uh, a Stanley Cup, he's got a Conn Smythe. I mean, Gilmore was the same way minus the Smythe. So, um, you know, th- this is this is their modern day Doug Gilmore right now. This this could be a big thing. But another thing that they also need is a legitimate goaltender. And I, I I'm not I'm not sold on Ilya Samsonov come playoff time. I, I think that he's going to be one of the weaker goaltenders in the entire playoffs. Uh, I, I think that that and their defense will eventually be their downfall. But the the hope is is that the the Maple Leafs can play you know like the the, the Detroit Red Wings in the '90s and the 2000s puck possession and keep the puck away and and keep the puck in in the offensive zone and and that'll eventually win you games. So. 
I, I, I can only say beer because he's one of them, but not the Anthony. Yeah. Beer. Um, I think he does add a lot of important elements that Toronto has been missing. Um, you know, he's battle playoff tested warrior. Um, you know, he, he's, he brings those intangibles. He has the experience he's won before. And I think that will help Toronto. It makes their team not as soft. So I do think the Leafs are a little soft and come playoff time. If you're a soft team, you're just going to get ran over in the playoffs where literally every inch of ice matters. Um, but they still, they still need defense. Like John said, um, they still need to improve on their back end. Uh, cause Tampa Bay, it looks like they're on a collision course with Tampa Bay in the first round. Um, and Tampa's an experienced team. And I think if the Leafs are the Leafs that we've seen the last, you know, what, five years in the first round of the playoffs, it could be quick for them. Um, so O'Reilly will help, but I think they need another piece on the back end for sure. I'm just going with how little confidence I have in one player specifically. I like Ryan O'Reilly. I think he's, this is a great move for the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's a shot for me. I got to go with a shot on this because the guy that I can't help but look at and point out the problems, it's Ilya Samsonov. I don't give a crap what his regular season numbers are. Him in the postseason has never been that good. Again, I am pointing out a specific moment. See uh, game three against the Boston Bruins where he basically left the puck and then uh, Bruins end up winning. I think it was Smith that scored the game winner. That you know what? Maybe O'Reilly helps keep the puck out of the uh, the puck out of the net and at least those chances away. Because after all, he's got those chances, and he he got the consummate, and also he got Jordan Bennington a Stanley Cup. But that was back when Bennington was taking the league by storm, and that Stanley Cup ain't coming back with Jordan Bennington in net for the St. Louis Blues. Nope. One guy that we saw this week was Josh Morrissey. He got, uh, he's got 11 goals, 47 assists, 58 points. Thought he scored his 12th on Monday night, but he didn't. Uh, it was tipped by Pierre-Luc Dubois. Nikita Zaitsev to Chicago? Yeah, yeah. Nikita, uh, Nikita Zaitsev's going to Chicago. Where's uh, – uh, what what team was he Ottawa. on right now? Is that Ottawa? Ottawa. Ottawa. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not really a needle yeah. mover, is it? I mean, Ottawa's been uh, looking but... to, to Ottawa's Sorry, been looking to shed Zaitsev's contract for quite some time now. Yeah, Elliot Freeman reporting that. And so is yeah. Is it just that for Chicago, or did they give up like a that's low all, level? Oh, we don't know yet. Just it's just that's yeah. Well, I wonder. I wonder if this could be connected to Ottawa. Ottawa has been linked to Jake, uh, Jacob Chikrin a lot over since the time that Chikrin became, you know, available. So I just, this is just me just speculating, but, you know, maybe maybe they're creating some space to make a move for Chikrin. You're not the I, only one. You're not the only one thinking that, Anthony. There you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, it's... There you go. And um, I do have to say, you're right about that. Otto has been linked to them for a long time. So yes, it's yeah. it'll be interesting to see if they can make a move for Chikrin. But getting back to this, Josh Morrissey is it going to be a Norris Trophy finalist this season? Boys, I'm going to buy around on this one. I, I, his his play and his numbers. He, this this is a career year for this kid, and he he deserves it. Played in the shadow of Bufflin and and Truba for a while, but now he's. It, I, I almost got to say Rick Bonus might be like a defense whisperer because uh, Miro Heiskanen playing 
his best hockey a few years ago when he got them, them to the Stanley Cup Finals. You thought he was going to be ascending. To better now. Yeah, is a little bit less. But I, I go with Josh Morrissey. I think he's he's doing a great job. Uh, Anthony. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go round. Um, I think Morrissey is not gonna win it. I think he will be a finalist. I think Fox and Carlson will be the other two. Um, but yeah, he's been outstanding. He's been outstanding for Winnipeg. Um, you know, definitely they're they're one of their most important players aside from you know Shifley and probably. Connor at this point. Well, a hell of a buck, obviously, then I think about it. But you get the point. Josh Morrissey, completely valuable for them. Um, you know, we'll see if this year is a one-off. You know, he's never he's never produced like this before in his career. So we'll see what next 37 year 37 points was his career high. Yeah, so right. So, but right now, though, he's 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 having definitely a Norris-type type caliber season. Um, and I think if he's not at least a finalist, I think um, – be a little bit almost of a crime. I mean, not and that's not to give any disrespect to Rasmus Dallin because he's been fabulous too. But um, I really like what Morrissey's done for Winnipeg. Oh yeah, um, I hate to to break off for a little bit, but the update on the uh, the the trade. So it's Nikita Zaitsev, a 2023 second and a 2026 fourth rounder to Chicago for future considerations. Ottawa yeah. definitely is. <sighs> Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, uh, let me check their standings right now. Uh, how they're doing with this. Because uh, Ottawa's got, Ottawa's sitting right also, now at 58 I, points. There's seven points behind uh, the Islanders, six behind Florida. They got four games in hand. They need to win all those games just to get, to Florida, or at least not even, but it's not even just for the playoffs, it's for the future. It wouldn't wouldn't be for this year, it would be for it would be for next, it would be for next year. Uh, would that cost them to break it? No, that's not giving them to break it. No, not that they're giving them up, but they gotta they gotta sign them. That's what they're making the space for. Okay, I mean, Ottawa, Ottawa paid, I mean, they gave up a second and a fourth. Just to get rid of a guy for nothing in return. I mean, that just goes to show the the, the value that Zaitsev have had. But um, yeah, Dan, that that's I mean, good. I mean, Ottawa has enough good prospects and enough picks that they can afford to give up a second to get rid of a guy. But um, yeah, I mean, good move for them, especially if it turns into like a a Chikrin or whatever type Meyer transaction that would make it even better. Once again, I'm just waiting for the Jacob, Jacob Chikrin saga to fucking end. Please, just end. I am so tired of this movie. I'm, I've been watching it forever because I'm forced to watch it since I, I I love the NHL. Phil, Josh Morrissey for Norris. Uh, yeah, this has got to be a layup. I mean, it, it's just... Yeah, the easy button. There it is. Yep. So this is going to be a round. Um <laughs> Morrissey is playing uh, at a point per game. He's playing great at both ends of the ice. I mean, he is the anchor to that defense. He just, he is the guy that holds it all together. I mean, he's been the best player on that team. I don't care what anybody says about Halbuck. Shifley's not having as great of a year. Kyle Connors, great player. But, I mean, it's, it's Morrissey this year, man. Morrissey is really doing it all for them. So, this is definitely a round. 
I have to check something though. Doesn't isn't uh Mark Scheifele? He's got thirty four goals this season. He's in the top ten. Yeah, but I think his points are down. He he's usually about a point per game player, and I believe the last I checked, his points were down. Unless he went on some ridiculous hot streak that I was not aware of, then his <laughs> his points were his points were down, and that's really the issue. I mean, the goal scoring is nice, but. He's, he's still got a, a point, especially when you're a guy who since 2016 has really been like a point per game player. Yeah, you guys know I like me some Mark, Mark Shifley. Let's go over to a team that's in the Pacific, and all three of us picked them to win the Stanley Cup this year. Calgary Flames, 63 points, ninth in the West, four points out of the second wild card. Calgary's only shot at making the playoffs is wild card two in the in the Western Conference. Filk. I, I'm going to say beer. Uh, I, I still think that they, that this team gets it together. I, I think they've got to respond to Daryl Sutter. I'm, I'm not going to, something about the makeup of their team just tells me that they have a shot. And I, I listen, I get it. Edmonton's got a seven point lead on them. Calgary has a game in hand, but it just, Something about this team just sticks out. I think that Markstrom's going to get it right. He's too good of a goalie to, to be continuing to play at this level. And then Minnesota, I, I you know what? I'm not totally sold on them. I, I, I really don't see them doing a whole lot. I think that this trade deadline is going to be a relatively quiet one for them. But I, I think Calgary is going to make a move, and they're 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 gonna they're gonna. I think they're going to start playing better and. And they're going to start chasing Edmonton down. So I'm only going to say beer here. Anthony. Um, I'm going to go beer. Uh, they're seven points behind Edmonton and, and the Kraken. Um, and that's, you know, that's hard to make up at this time of year. Uh, but they are only four points behind Minnesota, which obviously is very doable. Um, and they do have the talent on the roster for whatever reason, they just haven't put it together this year. Maybe they make a move at the deadline if they could stay close. Um, but I'm, I'm not confident that they're going to catch Edmonton or Seattle, but I do think it's possible they catch Minnesota. So that's why I'm going beer. I'm buying around on this guys. Their only shot is to try to catch Minnesota and they're not getting wild card one because Edmonton's seven points ahead They're Every time I thought this team was going to get it going and get on a roll. Nope. They no, they don't. So, um, yeah, it's, um, I, I, it, it's sad of the situation that that's going on, uh, with, with Calgary. Cause I really, really liked what I was seeing with them. And as David's saying right here, the West is pretty weak, but yeah. still Calgary. I, I just, I just think I'm looking at Calgary and just going up They're They're not going to really do much. Um, by the way, just to break on with this. Mikey D brought up a good point, which is Chicago just rated for Zaitsev's contract. Adding $4.5 million means they could hit the cap floor, which means there's a big contract that's going to be moved very soon. And as Cora is saying, step one on a Patrick Kane trade. Yep. Be amazing to see where he goes, guys. And uh, State, thank you very much. We'll see you again soon. And yeah, Anthony, we're going to try to be quick because I know the Islanders game is starting pretty much any minute. It's all because... right. No, it already started. They're already, they're already like two, you know, two minutes in, guy. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so focused on our show. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
By the way, everybody, once again, a quick reminder for you that the trade deadline show is going to be next week, probably starting at noon, unless some big trades happen. Anthony, I will be breaking down some uh, trades. Hopefully, if we got some time, maybe get Phil on there. And um, the big news, guys, right now for the, for the trade deadline, on top of this Patrick Kane news, is Vladislav Gavrikov and Jacob Chikrin are both being held out awaiting trades. Basically, healthy scratches. Luke Shen sent back to Vancouver to await to be traded. Guys, the NHL shouldn't allow teams to hold out players unless a deal is imminent. Anthony, start it off. Um, yeah, I mean, Gavrikov and Chikrin haven't played in, what, over a, a week now, I think. Um, and I, I know I'm fine with protecting your asset. Like, if you're pretty close to dealing a guy, obviously sit him. And then you consummate the trade, you know, that day or the next day. But, I mean, when you're talking that guys are, are being held out for trade-related reasons and, it's, you know, coming on a week and the guy still hasn't been moved, um, you know, to me, I don't know. I don't, I don't, know, I don't really like that personally. Um, and, I don't, you know, maybe, maybe the players don't care because they're happy that they're leaving, a, you know, a team and going to a better team. But still, I, I don't, it doesn't sit well with me. Um, so I'll go, I'll go round. I don't think the league's going to do anything about it. But um, I do think it only should be in, in cases where you know the deal is going to be, you know, completed, you know, imminently. Felk. Uh, I'm going to say shot. It, it, it just, it, if the team wants to protect its asset, there, there's nothing that really, and the player's okay with it. Why, why is it an issue? Like I, 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 I get like some people want to see them play, but like, this is a business at the end of the day, if you're looking to deal a player. The last thing you want to do is, Oh wow. Scott Mayfield got away with a blatant penalty there and then got kicked in the mouth with a skate. Oof guess that's his karma but um yeah you uh you can't really have uh you can't really tell teams oh you can't hold this player out like that to me that's stupid i you know what i I get you guys want to see the players play in action but at the end of the day this is a business and if you're trying to make a deal that that that's business and if a player gets hurt while you're trying to you know get a deal figured out and, and that that's that's really really bad. That's poor asset management by a team. So trying to say that a pl- that teams shouldn't be able to to help to hold their players out like that that's just bad. And, and to me, that's ridiculous. So shot. Um, I'm only going beer on this because I I don't like the optics of it. I don't like everything in it, but I also understand asset management, and it's not even that it has to do with. Uh, the whether or not you're protecting your asset. I understand that. They'll just come up with a phony reason. They'll say upper body injury or something like that, and he'll be back maybe in a couple weeks. But it's, it, it's unfortunately, it's just what the necessity of things are. First time I ever heard about something like this was Ryan McDonough. So it's not like the Rangers are having done it themselves. And it's, it's just going to happen. I don't like it. I, I don't like it. So... All right, we're gonna. We're that's the end of Big Apple Hockey's bar talk right there, guys. And once again, don't go to the liquor store. Order it from Drizzly. You can use it on your <laughs> app. You don't even have to go anywhere. Somebody else goes to to Pure Wine and Spirits or something like that. No, right. it didn't. It went right through the crease. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm trying to get my uh, my Islanders feet up, but I haven't been able to get that so far. Oh. 
I don't know how that didn't go in. Oh, it went off the post and Sorokin and then went through the crease, I think. Oh, my God. That's, yeah, that's, that, was, that was close. That was really, really close. Oh, my God. Winnipeg, they, and they, they hit a post before, too. I think it was Kyle Connor hit a post. Yikes. Yikes. Nice glove save there on Morgan Barron, former Ranger. So one thing just to cover real quick, guys, there's rumors of Rangers versus Devils at the Meadowlands for a stadium series game last year. Either one of you guys watch the stadium series? No, I, that was the day of the wedding. I couldn't, I couldn't watch that game. Uh, it was a, it was actually a really good game or just the atmosphere that they created. I heard this is the 37th outdoor game that they've done. That's a lot. I think they've got the stadium series down now where it's just two games. That's it. And the winter classic. That's all you do. So don't get too much on that because then you ruin it and it's special. But, um, Phil, uh, one, one guy brought it up last year, uh, last night, I mean, on the drive for five, that the Islanders haven't been able to um, get an outdoor game since 2014. And uh, it's kind of a little bit of a slap in the face. I happen to think the Islanders have reshaped their franchise very well, and they're starting to make themselves look like an A-tier franchise. I think this is also just them saying it's the Meadowlands, you put it in Jersey, you get the Devils in there, and you get Jack Hughes, who's right now a number one draft pick that they can market, and especially an American number one overall draft pick. Uh, I mean, the Islanders don't really have any names that excite you. Like Sorokin's a goalie, but you're, you're not you're not going to watch this team because of Ilya Sorokin. It's not like you're watching Prime Hashik. I mean, he's great, but. Uh, who who am I watching this an Islanders game for? Like, am I watching for Barzell? I, I, I mean, good player again, good player, not not elite or anything like that by any means. Citing yes to a point, but it's not Connor McDavid. It's it's not it's not Leon Drysidel. It's not Austin Matthews. It's not Mitch Marner. You know, it's not Malkin or Crosby or Ovechkin or or anyone like that. So, I mean, the Islanders, they just, they're not the big market and they're not, they're not the, they don't have the players that everyone wants. And that's what the NHL is going to do. They're, they're going to get the teams with the players in there. That's why we continue to see Washington and Pittsburgh over and over again, because they have those guys and, the, the NHL has done everything to make these teams two of their flagship teams. The Islanders just aren't a flagship team, and it's not a shot at the Islanders, the market, or their fans or anything like that. It's just it's just a matter of what it is. I mean, we're not. I mean, we've we've seen Anaheim in one game, and they they did a, a stadium series game, and that was in 2014. That was the outdoor one. That was Dodger and, Stadium, yeah. Yeah, Dodger Stadium, and it, it just. It, it was like a it was like a sixty degree night, I believe, and I don't know how they they managed to keep ice, but you know you you you've seen Buffalo do once they they they've done one uh, Detroit they've done two they've done two I mean yeah both Winter Classics both Winter Classics exactly I mean both- oh I'm sorry wait Phil wasn't there a third wasn't there a a, a Toronto game 
Yeah, it was Detroit and Toronto. So Detroit, Detroit's done two games. It's, it's right, it's, but also I think I think Buffalo also played Toronto in an outdoor game in Toronto. When was that? That might have been the Heritage Classic. I got I got to look that one up real quick. I think Buffalo might be in three of them. But I mean, you're you're not seeing, um, you know, you're you're not seeing uh, certain teams that you're just you're not seeing. You're not seeing, you know, your your, your Coyotes. <laughs> They're not going to put the Arizona Coyotes in there, or you know, the, the Ottawa Senators. Uh, they had a Heritage game a while back that was outdoors against Calgary, um, but you know, they that's the only game that they've played in. You know, and the Islanders they've had one game, I think. In Vegas, they're they're trying to you know they're going to try to get those teams, but that that's really it. So yeah, the 2022 Heritage Classic, Ottawa. Uh, that's right, Buffalo was in versus Toronto. Toronto, okay, yeah. So, but it goes to show you how much they market these Heritage Classic games because you don't freaking hear about them anymore. I remember the first one; there was all the hype in the world for it, and it was actually the first regular season NHL outdoor game. It was Edmonton and, and uh, Montreal in 2003-2004. Yep. I had so. Jose Theodore in, in that game in, in yeah. fantasy. So I remember that. And uh, just to conclude on this, then it was also um, – uh, Ah, damn it. I just had it. I lost it. <laughs> damn train of thought. All right. Well, we got a lot of um, – we got a lot of guys cutting out for hockey games right now. So I guess we'll just we'll just cut it out right there, guys. Because um, yeah, we had a we have a huge show, and again, trade deadline special is coming up next week. So make sure make sure you, you check us out on Wednesday. Hopefully, we got a lot of stuff that we are going to be covering, and then I mean, uh, we got a lot of things you guys are covering right now. Where do you think Patrick Kane is playing in our poll? Fifty seven percent say the New York Rangers. 4% the Maple Leafs, 14 for the Dallas Stars, or a wild card team slash the Blackhawks, 25% where he'll be playing. I'll say this. So so basically this whole thing with Kane came up because the producer from that uh, network that we won't mention their name of basically came out and he posted a gif of the Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, of Vladimir Tarasenko about 20 minutes before Frank Saravalli broke the trade that day. He did it again today with Kane. And said, oh, well, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not an insider. I'm not claiming to be one. And I'm not saying that this is going to happen today. But he's hearing things. And mm-hmm. then Stephen Valaket, about 20 minutes after him, came out and said that he was on the, the Kane trade. So I, I, I definitely think something is happening. And then you see Chicago go and get cap. They add cap to get to the salary floor. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think Kane to the Rangers is happening. It's just a matter of when at this point. Yeah, um, I'm worried about what the what this is, yeah. but um, because I because I, I just don't. I still think the Rangers need more grit. I, I over Patrick Kane, but look, Patrick Kane is a Ranger. Then suddenly, I'm going to be excited for it. Because I wasn't excited when they got Marty St. Louis, and he was a great pickup for them. So we'll see what that is. Uh, David Wood is saying, what do we do with the fourth-line center then? Yeah, it would be either Goudreau or Tyler Mott, and it would get Jake Licardio the hell out of the lineup. (laughs) 
I mean, I mean uh, I think what you're, was you're it? killing the, two the birds other, from Jake LaCrappen. Yeah, Jake LaSkidmark. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people call him Jake LaShitstein. But this one thing, just in general, I agree with this, as Dave's pointing out. The NHL does a piss poor job in uh, marketing all their teams. Yeah, they do. Marketing anything. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree there. But, yeah, I mean, if you go get Kane, you're basically killing two birds with one stone. So, um and we need all right, so we, we need a guy who wins faceoffs. All right, so so who are you moving out of the four center spots then? Let me ask you that, Johnny. Who who are you moving out of the four center spots? You're not moving Mika Zibanejad. You're not moving Philip Heedle. You're, You're not, not moving Vinny Trocek. Who actually is pretty good at winning faceoffs. And Barkley very good at faceoffs. So who are we moving out of these four spots? Uh, I think what he's trying to say is because again, the image of a guy to go get in this situation. Uh, let me just throw this name out for Ranger fans for nostalgia. Craig McTavish, when the Rangers got him in '94, basically that guy was going to win a lot of faceoffs. That's what he did. And sure, I mean, and that's what he's asking who are you going to give up to get him? I think you're not going to give up much to get Patrick Kane. Uh, there's a new one, lay useless out of the lineup. Uh, I don't think you're going to have to give up much to get Patrick Kane. That's why I'm starting to come around a little bit. Uh, Everybody I, else, I, I'm like, I no, 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 no. Forcing, I think he's forcing the hand here. I, I, I just don't see I, – I, I don't see it costing nearly as much as some people think. I really don't. So, Yeah. Eric Stahl is the uh, – that's is a perfect, perfect trade comp. Yeah, I, I mean, I like that one too. I uh, I think if you can get him for a package like that, obviously, I think it's going to cost a little more than that. I mean, oh, is he it, talking about the Eric Stoll the Rangers trade? Yes, a few years ago, second yes. round pick, low level yeah. prospect that barely is not going to make the uh, the NHL. And I think maybe there was a second second rounder in there. Yeah, there was two second rounders and Alexi Sorella ended up being. Yeah, but also, yeah. by the way, I I also get this sentiment with Johnny saying too. I've been a fan for sixty years. I'm getting sick and tired of getting guys way past their prime. It's what the Rangers have done for for decades, decades. But it's one. It, it's basically it's one guy though. So the last time they went and they did something like this was Marty San Louis, and Marty San Louis helped catapult them to to where they needed to go. Stanley Cup so, final that she they that they should have won. They 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 don't get to that final without Marty San Louis. They don't beat Pittsburgh without Marty San Louis. And then he was even better in the Montreal series. So you know what? I, I mean, this is the this is the type of player you're acquiring. The Rangers also don't acquire the types of the calibers of players that Patrick Kane is. Um, they've got a lot of guys past their prime, but like, I mean, really, you gotta you gotta think about this. Like you. You have a chance to go get a Stanley Cup. He is the best player available. If you want, if you're Gerard Gallant, you can do a bunch of things with Patrick Kane. You can put him with Zibanejad and Kreider and make that line great because they've missed that playmaking type, like Matt Zuccarello and the way that that line was scoring in 2019 before Matt Zuccarello got traded away. That they're missing that because he fills that Butchnevich right wing position. Then you could put him on a second line with Kane and, or I'm sorry, with Panarin and Trocek, 
and that could be your line. And Tarasenko stays with Zabenajad and Kreider, and that's your big power line right there, that big, big, powerful, big-bodied skill line. Or, again, if you wanted to, you can split Zabenajad, Panarin, and Kane over three lines. You could put Kako with Zabenajad and Kreider because that line played very well earlier on in the year. You could have Panarin, Trocek, and Tarasenko as your second line. And then you could throw Kane with Lafreniere and Heedle. And now the question for opposing coaches becomes, who am I throwing out against who? Yeah. And again, this is whenever I talk about things. Hey, Mr. Fantastic. Uh, whenever I talk about things, uh, when it comes to the playoffs, I'm always discussing the matchups. And you have to discuss the matchups. And this is where you're right about this. And then you're talking about using Vinny Trocek and Artemi Panarin, who is a pretty good defensive player in his own right. But you're talking about then throwing that line out as a matchup line? Ooh. Then you're talking about a line that could put the puck in the net against your best line. By the way, I just want to point out something because I know some people would say this. Dave was saying they don't beat Pittsburgh without Marty Sable's mom passing. People forget two things about that series. One, Henrik Lundqvist did the impression of a wall. Basically, first off, that entire series. Game yeah. four, a little bit iffy. But the other thing was in game five, Chris Kreider comes back in the lineup and the Rangers blitzed them. I think they led uh, four to one before Malkin scored or four yeah. nothing before Malkin scored to make it uh, four one. And I think they started to make it a little bit closer, but then the Rangers put it out of reach. The, the Mother's Day goal, one of the greatest heartwarming goals of all time for somebody to ever get. And then on top of that, then you get Dominic Moore in game seven, for, or sorry, game six versus Montreal. So it's when you think about those great plays. But this is where this is where I think now you're starting to see the momentum. Now I'm starting to actually believe this might happen, Phil. I really believe it might happen. I think this, he's yeah, got to force his hand. I, I honestly think they're going to get Kane. I, I really do. I I just think it's a matter of now negotiating, and now that's just financials. Um, uh, you know what? Uh, like I said, I wouldn't normally wouldn't trust a, a random account. Uh, it's not a random account like that. I mean, he probably is hearing something. Valakat's coming out saying something too. Hopefully, Valakat's not doing his usual troll job. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I I definitely think that someone who is uh, someone who's uh, definitely got some sort of connections. I think you could definitely be hearing somebody. Maybe it's secondhand, but I, I definitely think something is in the works. I'm going to go back to uh, AZ's. Actually, I'm going to do AZ's comment right here. What is the key decision for Kane to play for the New York Rangers? It appears only his family, his dad, who lives in Buffalo. Can I don't go think it has anything to do with that. I don't think it has anything to do with family or anything like that. I think he wants to go play for a team that has a shot at winning the cup. I think he wants to go play with his friend Panarin, and I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, he's got his own legacy. I've, I've said this numerous times. His own legacy is just being a Chicago Blackhawk. And there is credit to being a lifetime player of one franchise. There's not many guys that get to do that. I mean, after all, Mike Richter and Henrik Lundqvist only played with one franchise because their health didn't allow them to, to continue on their career. And yeah, but I mean, Brian Leach got traded. You can yeah. see the disgust in my face. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, well, that that was a bad situation too, considering that you know 
he went to Glenn Sather and said not to trade him and Sather went and traded him behind his back days later, like less than a week later. So um, that was just a really, really bad situation. And maybe Leach would have re-signed with the Rangers in, uh, in the 05-06 season and would have played that last year with them instead of Boston. But yeah, this was not a, uh, this was not, uh, th- this is a little different with Kane. I, I think he's, he's done all he, he needs to do in Chicago. I, I just think that he's, I think he just wants to move on and, and mm-hmm. I think the team wants to move on too. I think it's just a matter of nobody wanted to play the, you know, I want out card and, and look like the bad guy in the media. I, I think that's what it comes down to. But I mean, the comments from Kane after the Tarasenko trade would tell you otherwise. Right. And he thought he was going to be a shoe in over there. And it's going to be funny because now it looks like the Blackhawks are going to get even less than what Tarasenko went to the Rangers for, even though that was two players, him and Mikola. Yeah. But, uh, I, mean, I, I look at, I, you know, I, and I see people saying things about the O'Reilly trade and so on. And, and, and yeah, you know what? Ryan O'Reilly wasn't, demanding a trade to only one team and that's going to be the big difference and i i think at this point that that's going to be the difference between patrick kane getting less than ryan o'reilly and not only you know you have the best hand at the table you make the other player do what you want exactly what you do exactly it's a a game of poker right and we're just going to read off a couple of the comments right here. Core Python was talking about Filk's uh, lineup mass- messages that he was, or lineups he was proposing just now. That sounds disgusting. I need it. Iceman is saying the only way I'd be happy is if it's got to be Kane and Jeanette or Domi and Tanner Janot. Okay, thank you. So I don't think they they I don't think they have what it takes to get or, or cap wise to go get Kane and Janot. I think that. That the cap after uh, Kane would be the cap after Kane is going to be too much, yeah. even after double retention and stuff like that. You're looking more at Gustav Nyquist, which isn't going to excite people that he comes up, but it slides Goudreau to the fourth line center, and hopefully he uh, gets he blocks a shot in the playoff that doesn't break his leg or hurt him. So yeah, that was one of the problems that happened. Iceman saying we're not going to win crap in the playoffs if we don't uh, have grits teams will take exception against the Rangers. They have grit. They got some. I don't know, I don't, more. I don't know why, they, why fans are acting like this team doesn't have grit. They need they need more. I, if anything, they need a little more skill. Uh, Johnny Red saying, guys, it doesn't make me right. Just a dream I've had for years of having a team compete for years and win two, three cups in a 10-year period, i.e. Chicago. And yeah, I'd love to see that too because you know yeah, same. we've suffered enough. John D. Lee, of of course, always he's saying Barbashev and Lafferty is what he would go with. Mister Fantastic is saying I think we get Kane too. What did they give up? You proposed a pretty good trade, which was I think if we were supposed to do a who says no tonight, but ran out of time. Uh, I think it would have been Kratzoff, second round pick, basically the package you were offering for for Barbashev. So yeah, basically it, it just. I think if they have to deal the first, I think they they may end up doing so. But um, I think it centers around Vitaly Kravtsov and either a first or second round pick and then maybe Zach Jones. And then um, I I think they would deal like a third or a fourth to a third team to have them retain the 25 percent. 
So. Uh, there's a couple more comments right here that I, I happen to really like right here. Uh, uh, John D. Lee is saying, if we get Arizona, uh, if we get Kane, Arizona will be the third team to help facilitate it. Of course, because Arizona is saying they're going, hey, we got cap space and we're willing yeah, to take on any of your bad assets. Why not? Um, uh, they're almost a Statue of Liberty. Send me your, <laughs> send me your poor, tired, and hungry. Uh, David saying this one, Sather was always the worst, and uh, how he still – how is he still with this team? Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, you know, he did a, a, a better job post-lockout when there were restraints on him. But he was the guy that said, if I had the Rangers payroll, I would make the most dominant team. And then he ended up just making big trade after big trade. Um, uh, you could think, do you think the first domino to fall would be Kratzoff? Uh, for a second round pick, or the Kane deal comes after. Uh, I I think Kraftsoff would have to go in that deal. To tell you the truth, I, I I think that you would. That's why they would make it work. I mean, maybe they are working on a way to to move Kraftsoff and then take that pick and include it in in the deal. But um, I I definitely think that something is brewing. Yeah, and if Timo Meyer ends up with the the New Jersey Devils. Oh boy, the that first round series is going to be insane. Uh, I, I've been hearing that the holdup to get uh, that deal done is San Jose's insistence on Dawson Mercer being in the deal, and if that's the case, then I don't think that deal is going to get done. Yeah, I, they love Dawson Mercer. Yeah, so they, I don't they, think they do, rightfully so. He he's a good player. Um, and New Jersey doesn't want to subtract too much from their roster. That would be a big that would be a big subtraction. I mean, I, I get it. You're getting Meyer, but at the same time, it's like okay, like you got to make sure that you're you're not taking too much from this roster. Nick is actually bringing up a good point right here. You're going to have to play three of Carolina, New Jersey, Boston, Tampa, or Toronto. Meyer is likely going to the New Jersey Devils or Carolina. I am not passing on Kane to protect Will Cooley or other draft picks. Yeah, and and that and that's another thing too. Like these teams are going to make moves, and do you really you really want to go up against Boston in a seven game series with Jimmy VC playing in your top six? I mean, I, I, I do agree with that. I don't th- I don't know if I give up Will Cooley though. All right, so I like Will Cooley, but it, Will, if you're going to let Will Cooley stop you from making what is a possible last piece to a Stanley Cup move, you are out to lunch. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you say it out loud, I have to I have to agree with you on that one. Think folks. about this. Think about what you are suggesting right there. You are letting a prospect like Will Cooley, like a good, like good, not great, not nowhere near blue chip prospect to – Stop you from making a deal that could put you over the top to get a Stanley Cup. Stop. Wake up. Come back to reality. So many people are prospect huggers online. It's it's insane. If if Patrick Kane is a New York Ranger next Friday night, which they don't have a game, but that's a different story. Where is it? Where what power play and where on the power play does he play? You're putting him on power play one, that is for sure. And I think you would put him on the far side. The only problem is, is that you might have a little too many chefs in the kitchen at that point. 
So you're does that ask. knock does that knock Zabanajad back to the bumper where he had his career season in goals? I, I think that would probably put Zabanajad back to the bumper. I think that he's he's a better shooter than anyone else that they've had in the bumper all year. I mean, you could run a power play of Zabanajad, Kreider, uh, Fox, Kane, and Panarin, and that's one of the most lethal power play units in the entire league. And that's just a unit that's just going to cause a ton of trouble, ton of trouble for any opposition. And so. and I gotta I gotta say what what's going to open that up also, Chris Kreider's oh, under the front. Oh, what happened? Oh, I was just, uh, watching the the Winnipeg and Islander game, and Winnipeg just made this tic tac toe cross seam play, and Ilya Sorokin somehow made the save on it. Oh my god. I mean, listen, Offman would be the one guy I would not want to move in that deal. It would, uh, he would be the one guy I would not want to move in that deal. But Yeah, I agree with you on that because Offman is the reason why next year – this is the reason – first off, it's the reason why you're moving on from Vitaly Kratsov. And well, he's going to be on this team next year. And he'll and this is the reason why you have rentals like Vladimir Tarasenko because Ottman and as I said this uh, Sunday during an impromptu stream, it, there it's just going to be uh, Ottman's just going to slide right into one of those top six spots and he's going to be effective because the way he looked in preseason this year, God damn, the Rangers hit on that pick. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Islanders just scored one nothing. All right, who got it? Um, I'm trying to see who picked up that rebound, but yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Sebastian Ajo. Yeah. We were just talking about that, Anthony. Absolutely insane save that he made. Uh, look, I'll play the music in about a minute, but, uh, yeah. where do you think Jacob Chikorin ends up? I don't even know. I mean, I think I think maybe Ottawa. I think maybe that's the team. Um, it seems like they want to add a defenseman. They could, but I mean, I would be, I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if they were somehow in on Timo Meyer. I, I just and St. Louis. I know that was a name that actually came up when Frank Saravalli was talking about it. So um, yeah, I, I could see, I could see. Timo Meyer may be going to St. Louis because St. Louis, you think about it, the core guys that they have, Butch Nanich, Robert Thomas, Jordan Kyron, they're all young enough to the point, but they're also old enough to the point where they don't want to spend five years rebuilding scorched earth. You know? Yeah. So now, you could go now, get Timo Meyer. You, you do a lot with, for that team. Just a, just a, Get with you on this one, Iceman. Unfortunately, now it's a headline, and now we have to analyze it because now it actually could be a reality. Um, in one way, your offense is going to be to the point Stop where – Stop asking for Tanner Janot. Tanner Janot shot at like 20% last year as a rookie, and now all of a sudden he's crap. Like, yeah, why well, the RFA status – Other than the fact that he fights. Yeah, the RFA status is going to be there, but Barbashev would be an interesting point. On there, I think they're set on. But Tanner Janot just—I'm not the biggest Max Domi fan either. No, Max Domi doesn't do anything for this team. But to to borrow the line, what he wants is that acquisition where we could turn around and say, "You want to play rough? All right." 
Uh, hold on, we're getting this right now. Oh, I believe yeah, it was yeah. Christopher Johnston who said that San Jose would trade Meyer uh, to no, Vegas. He just goes by Chris. Oh, what? He just goes by Chris. Okay. No, no, it's uh, it's Anthony that put this no, out there. No, I know, but you you called him Christopher Johnson. He just goes by Chris. Oh, okay, my bad. He just never, he never, he never uses Christopher. <laughs> All right. Uh, he would trade him to now. You wouldn't have to trade to SJ. What's the? Oh, that'd probably be NJ. Uh, or Vegas, but they would have to play pay him a premium more so than New Jersey or Carolina. There's two San Jose's in there. I don't know which one you meant. I think he meant STL, I think. Probably because they're within the same conference. Yeah, just because they're in the same conference. But um, St. Louis was a name that was mentioned, and I think it was either Freeman or Saravalli. I think Saravalli first brought up the St. Louis. Uh, Actually, it might have been – I think it was Merrick and Freeman may have been talking about that on their podcast, actually. And then Saravalli brought it up. Um, but it, it just makes a lot of sense for St. Louis just because I think St. Louis might want to retool and not rebuild. I don't, I don't think they're looking to go scorched earth. By the way, just to say for the record, it's only Mark, not, 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 not Marcus or Marcellus. Although Marcellus actually wouldn't be that bad. I think I would actually make a decent Marcellus. But uh, as the way I always said, my mother liked the way Marcus looked. But she, she, she wanted to drop the U.S. even though she loved America. That's the reason why it's Mark with the C. Um, <laughs> um, would rather have Lafferty over Domi and Lafferty. Uh, Lafferty is a good face-off player, but uh, does not turn the puck over. Not a liability. Mark is short for Justin. <laughs> John, we're not – they're not – Doing anything else on defense? That, that, uh, Harper defense is going to be their spot defenseman. He's going to be their Justin Braun. Um, and I say Justin Braun lightly because Justin Braun was the better option than um, what's his name? Uh, Patrick, Patrick Nemeth. Oh. Yeah. And after game five of the first round, you never saw Patrick Nemeth ever again. Yeah. Hopefully there's nobody that's, that's there. The Rangers got a ton of guys that can kill the penalties. That's what the good thing is. You got to banish that. You got Kreider. The penalty killing has not been great, though. It's deceptive. Their numbers are deceptive, but they they consistently let up power play goals, especially recently. So um, they they've got to be better. Yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't mind them getting a penalty killer, but it, at the same time, I just I don't know. Well, um, Iceman, I agree with you on one thing about you, that. You got to get guys that are going to protect people. But in the playoffs, fighting is down a lot anyway. Occasionally, when you see the fights break out. And yes, I do know about the, the story, obviously, in the 70s, where the Flyers said they knew they had the Rangers because they fought them in the first period of game one. And then the Rangers didn't respond, and they knew they had, they had them on the ropes. So, um, and I get that thinking. But fighting does go down in the playoffs. I don't think Reeves was as much of the nuclear deterrent as as he was towards the end of last year. We can start coming away from what what is this? Yeah, Who's that's what I was talking about. about. Sweeping. What are you, what what is this? No, like I I don't know. I it's not they're not gonna get swept. No, but what he's I, saying is they need no, to get tough. I know what he's saying. I'm saying. 
Who is saying anything about the Rangers sweeping their way to perfection? Nobody is saying any of this. No, I stop with this. And Jano is is nothing really but a fighter. If you've looked at his numbers this year, that's it. It's all this guy is doing this year. He's not doing anything else. It's not like he has a great impact on the game defensively. He just hits and fights, and that's it. Mr. Fantastic is saying, I think part of the problem with the PK is Igor, honestly, he's been mediocre as of late. And I do agree with you on that one. He's been uh, not very good. Um, no, Igor, Igor has to get to, if anything, none of these moves are going to matter if Igor Shesterkin doesn't snap out of it, which I think he will, but he, he definitely needs to snap out of it here. Here's your numbers on Tanner Janot this year. Since everybody, since people seem to be obsessed, with I think it's like five goals, four assists, five goals, 14 points. He's averaging 15 minutes of ice time per game. And he's shooting at 5.7% after shooting at 19.4% last year. Regression to the mean. Yeah. He is not the answer that you think he is. Well, Phil, we could always get uh career best Ranger, Connor Black, uh, Connor Blackwell, Blackwell, Colin Blackwell. I forgot what the fuck his name was. The only good thing about him was that he wore 43, which great players all wear. But it's just, I, it's. I'll call you in 43. Yeah. Well, it's my number. That's the reason I why. <laughs> but no, and I, I look, I like Jano, but I also Janot think. Jano is not playing on the if, if, if you were getting Tanner Jano to play on your second line, you are not doing this team any help. Any help whatsoever. You want yeah, you want I, help offensively? You want help and you want to bolster the top six? Okay, go get Barbashev or Kane. Domi's not the answer. Janot is not the answer. Nick Duke's is not the answer. You ever look at just Max Domi and just think, oh, no, his game just – why is it this guy can never find a home? Max, Do- Max Domi isn't even that good. He's not even that good. Carolina went and got him, and everybody was like, oh, wow, Carolina is going to be a real tough team. They just added Max Domi to the deadline, and he was going to do so much. He and he ended up being on the fourth line. Against the Rangers. He did nothing. Oh, that's he not did. true, Phil. He scored that critical goal and make it 5-2. to two Yeah. That, in that's game it. Seven, in the third period. 43 points in 56 games this year. And you know how much time he's getting per game to do that? 18 minutes and 17 seconds per game. That's what he's averaging, which is the highest in his career. The only other time that he averaged higher than over seven, that oh, he's actually averaged higher than 17 minutes, two other times in his career. And one of them was his career here in Montreal in 2019. Yeah. So, and the, uh, the Tyler Bertuzzi thing, that's going to be an interesting place to see where he lands. Kane and Barbashev are nice, but you can't uh, give up everything. The cap gymnastics to get Kane are insane, and it's no better than 50-50. This started all with one sentence from Emily Kaplan. The, the, uh, what am, uh, uh, devil's intimidation? Bruins intimidation? These guys are not the 70s flyers, dude. I don't know where you're getting this stuff from, but you're stuck in like 1970. This is not the case anymore, man. It's not. Yeah, it, I, I got to say, I, again, fighting goes down. Look, you, do you do you need to have somebody to answer the bell? Sure, that's where you got Barkley Goudreau. They're not facing Mikko Tom Wilson. Do that. Yeah, they're not going to face Tom Wilson. And they're not going to have stuff like that. And sometimes you get to a point where 
Tyler Bertuzzi is not getting moved. It was reported uh, the other day that the Red Wings Bertuzzi are. Bertuzzi would have been nice, but again, he's not having a great year, and he's he's missed a lot of games this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I it just I know Minnesota and Winnipeg do not think they're the seventy <laughs> Flyers. Yeah. I, Minnesota, what? Where are you getting this from? Because they have. I think it's because they got Reeves. Gordon Greenway. Yeah, I think that's what he was saying. He's trying to joke around about. Um, I, I mean, what, if that's sarcastic, then my bad. But I mean, oh well, yeah, that's the LOL yeah, at the end. It, that that's because I, I was about to say Minnesota is definitely they're definitely not a rough and tumble type team. We, I mean, and that's been one of their problems in the playoffs. They've gotten killed by teams. Uh, no, I I don't think Ryan Reeves would have helped the, the Rangers in the playoffs last year. No, I didn't. actually, I thought I thought other than being a great locker room guy, I thought Ryan Reeves was nothing on the ice. Absolutely nothing. 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 Ryan Reeves is a, there's a reason why there's shelf life on guys like this, like on Ryan Reeves, or for that matter, for Gerard Gallant. So it, just, that's it a, has that's a problem. You have to go and add. You have to add players that can help you win. If you're if you think Tanner Janot is a better option to add to this team than a guy who's won three Stanley Cups. And a Conn Smythe. A Conn Smythe. And has 43 even strength playoff goals out of his 52 career playoff goals. A guy that's 45th all time in postseason scoring. And only three guys ahead of him have played less games. Mario Mew, Guy Lafleur, and Phil Esposito. Then I don't know what to tell you. I, I to, to me, you are out to lunch. I get the point of having grit and toughness, but if you think that held Patrick Kane back from his three Stanley Cups, then I don't know what you were watching. I really don't. I really don't because this guy picks it up when the games matter. And this team, Artemi Panarin, where was he last year after the Pittsburgh series? Where was he? I don't know. I couldn't find him. He was a yeah. Mel- he was a Mel Carton case. And after the Pittsburgh series, especially in the Carolina series, they took him right out. They took him right out. You need to add another guy that can open up lanes. You need play drivers. You need to create matchup nightmares. So, although it, I do have to agree with Ariana on this one, let me get the, her comment in there. Of whoop, wow, you guys just fired out with comments right there. Thanks, Phil. Uh, no, that wasn't did- me. That was Anthony. Oh, okay. Because I think we did that at the same time. Um, no, that was I, I think that was Anthony that put that trade up. Okay, but first we'll do this. Larson for Hall, uh, uh, one for one type of trade. <laughs> Who do you think says no for Chinkren or Debrinket? Um, I think Arizona says no. I don't. I don't think they're going to want a guy like Debrinket back in return. Why? Why? How is that going to do anything for them? They're going to want picks and prospects. If this was proposed at the draft, I think this deal goes through, but it's not. I Arizona just don't think that they, would, they would move. Uh, they would take the bracket back. It just doesn't make sense for them. Right, but the only reason why I say it like that is because if they know they got Connor Bedard, then they would, if they end up winning the lottery, then they would gladly take back Bedard. And now you have, sorry, uh, to bring it. So you could pair him with the uh, Bedard, and now you have your first line for the next few years. 
I mean, it, maybe that. Uh, like yeah, I, I get what you're saying there. It, it does make sense in that aspect, but again, I just don't seeing it. I, I, I just don't see it. I really don't. It, it just it's to me they're going to want more picks and prospects. So, um, well, and by the way, Enware for life is saying right here. Uh, uh, Kane Stanley Cup experience is going to be huge because after all, you have Barkley Goudreau who won a Stanley Cup and Vladimir Tarasenko that won a Stanley Cup. And that's it for your Stanley Cups on this yeah. team. It, well, so. Tarasenko and uh, I don't think Mikola won. I, I, I think Mikola. No, I think Mikola just that. missed. I think, yeah. he, I think he came the season after. But Tarasenko, that's, that's, a, that's a big one. So, but, uh, but do you think, by the way, and what Ariana's saying right here, do you think that would be too much of the same thing for the Rangers? Well, that's why I said you could spread it out. And I, and I get I get the concern about not having grit, but at the same time, the Rangers have gritty players. And that that's why you have guys like Jake Licardio playing because he's, he's gritty. And mm. Sandy Blay was playing because he was gritty. And they refused to play uh, Vitaly Kravtsov because he's just – but Patrick Kane has been able to deal with all of that. Like, I, I don't know how – well, I, this, I just, this is the one thing. Let me answer it, and I think I'll get an extend for your thought. Patrick Kane's already answered that call. He he, the Flyers were gritty. He beat them in the Stanley Cup Finals. Detroit was gritty. They beat them multiple times to win a Stanley Cup. Once in the uh, the Western Conference Finals, uh, Tampa Bay had grit in 2015. Patrick Kane was there to to beat them. L.A. They got past L.A. twice. And it was with – And L.A. Kane. was probably one of the biggest and heaviest teams that they faced. Oh, uh, you know who else was a big, heavy team? Anaheim in 2015, who they beat in the conference finals. So – It's just it, – I mean, in 2013, they beat L.A., and then they beat the Bruins, which, rumor has it, there was some size on that team. No, and Chara, Lucic, Thornton. Uh, uh, I mean, you you got all these guys, all these big bad bruisers on those teams, and Kane Kane has beaten them. Kane, I I just don't understand how you would not well, want to. Be, one of the because players. I think the temptation is, Philk. We've seen this movie before with too many times where the superstar comes in and they're barely productive for the Rangers, and then the Rangers end up getting a first round exit. Whether it's, and I'm not saying he's a superstar. One name that comes to mind is Nick Andropov, who I believe he had the goal in game seven for, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's I know, a, it's a little more comparison. But that's I a mean, poor, poor comparison because that, not just because of the, the stature of the player, but that team was so bad. They barely scraped to get into the playoffs. And then they got, they lost to Washington. They had that series. They were up, what, three games to one in that series? They had three games to one in that series. They were up. And, and they lost that series. And, and that, it that started with – When Semyon Barlamov came in. And, and by the way, Philk, you know what started the downfall of that series was Sean Avery, the everybody's favorite grit guy, him hitting Simeon Barlamov behind the head, causing a huge fight, and then – he, the Rangers suspend him for game five. Torts goes off in game five. He gets suspended for game six. They get their doors blown off in Madison Square Garden with a chance to close it all out. And then a puck hits off a Wade Redden skate past Henrik Lundqvist in game seven. That's all she wrote. 
So I, I, I think one of the other metaphors or, or examples I could have used was Marty San Louis in 2015 when he wasn't that good for the New York Rangers it, in the playoffs. But that's he was probably dealing with injuries because he was Marty having a good Marty San Louis was the team's leading. Uh, well, the, was the team's, I think, second leading scorer. No, 2015, not 2014. Oh, 2015. Yeah, he was done by then, though. He was yeah. just they they, oh, he, they got they got him more so for that 2014 run. That's what they really, really wanted him for. When he got hurt in March of that year, I think he was playing with Hayes and Haglin, I think it, it might it was, have been. It was Hayes and Haglin. And that line actually clicked. And then and then he got hurt, and then he just wasn't the same after that ever again. Yeah, it, it, and th this is – I mean, I, I think it's going to be more than a fourth in Kravtsov, but if the Rangers are the only team, it's not going to cost a lot to get this guy. And uh, you know what? I, I honestly – I hope so badly that they get him, and he comes here, and this team wins the Cup, and he just absolutely goes off in the playoffs so I can turn around and laugh at some of these responses. Because Well, just, I, I – I, for the uh, life I, of me, I don't know how you, you say. Uh, Phil, Phil, I'm with them, uh, but I'm I'm warming up to the idea because I still think they they're better off getting a fourth liner and a second liner if they can. But they're not going to get both. That's the point. They're not getting both a fourth liner and a second liner. If they go out and they get one more player, it's going to be one more player and not two. Where are you putting that second player who gets scratched? And uh, I think Mr. Santastic hit it on the nail, the nose, the nail on the head right here. Kane will not be Eric Stahl. No, so. he won't. He won't. He's far better in his career at this point than Eric Stahl. He's got really good numbers. And if anything, this last week and a half has shown you that he can just turn it up and the hip is not a problem. <laughs> if the hip was that much of a problem, you think he would have rocketed that puck left? Puck, that should have been a goal. I don't know how that wasn't a goal, but okay. Yeah. And by the way, uh, Chris, th this is the reason why you listen to us, because we have a lot of information up here, even though sometimes it comes out where I say Justin. Um, but uh, as Brandon's saying, tell him, Philk. But it's just like you can upgrade your top six and your bottom six in one move. So, and, okay. So here, and, here, and Mike is starting to realize it, too. Here, here, here's here's the problem. So you go get Tanner Janot. You're going to put Tanner Janot in the top six, or you're going to keep Jimmy VC in the top six. That's those are your options. That's not a good look. I do not want Jimmy VC playing top six minutes in a playoff game. And no, you're so okay. So here, this this was the other thing I was going to get to. Who are you scratching if you get someone like Domi or Jano or someone else after that? Who are you scratching? Is Jimmy VC being scratched? You're going to scratch one of your better defensive players? You're going to scratch Barkley Goodrill, the $3.6 million guy that you brought in for his cup experience? And, and by the way, and, 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 nope. And Phil, let me also just get you that. Let me, let me just look right at the camera for this one. Do you guys think... Gerard Gallant is going to scratch Barkley Goudreau. No. No, because he friggin' loves him. Jimmy yeah. VC is small. Is, is that what I is that literally what I just uh, read? He disappeared. I, I understand his size, but again, you're using him as a fourth liner. 
I understand where people are saying he's played great defensively this year. Jimmy VC is 6'3 and 205 pounds. He is not a small man. But and I can tell you right now, I would not want to go up against the fourth line of VC, Mott, and Goodrow because yeah. VC and, and Mott's speed is going to cause nightmares for defenses. Nightmares. Mr. Fantastic uh, hockey reference has him at 6'3, 202. So. I mean, he, uh, yes, he does. He look like a pigeon. Does his face look weird? Sure. He looks like a 12 year old kid. I, I do agree with that, but he is not a, a small human being by any means. Um, he should never be in the top six. What about Nyquist? Okay. So if that's, if that's the fallback option, okay. That's not sexy. It's not really moving the needle. That's not a bad it, option though. It's not a bad option by any means. It's it's better than having VC in the top six, and nobody is scratching Barkley Goodrow. That's not and happening. and a hundred percent right on that, Iceman. And you're and, not scratching Tyler Mott, who you just dealt Julian Gauthier and a draft pick away for. Yeah. So who else are you scratching? Because you're not scratching anyone in the top nine right, right now. That would be lunacy. And Gerard Gallant and Chris Drury should both lose their jobs instantly if that happened. <laughs> But, uh, but again, there's a different type of, of atmosphere. There's a different type of style that Jimmy Vesey has been playing. He's been playing a defensively responsible style. That is what the Rangers are going to use him for. And this, they got eight goals out of him. This isn't the Jimmy Vesey of, of 2016 through 2019, but that, that it's not that Jimmy Vesey. He's a completely different player, but uh, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll give you this one, David. Well, well done. they won't scratch Kako until they're facing elimination good 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 uh, that you know what well done well done <laughs> this well is done. this is definitely where we tip our hats to you all right uh Philk so um we're gonna wrap it up right here by the way to show you one of the things we're gonna be uh giving away next week this is a Filipino autograph puck so uh, that's going to be one of those things. I got a couple other things coming. Cabo Caco signed uh, uh, picture. Some things for the Islanders. Uh, Brian Trottier signed one. Uh, Brock Nelson one. So there's going to be lots of things. <laughs> you know, we get we can get up. We can get Messi out of retirement, and as long as he could still bring that same moxie in Game Six, that was still the dude is sixty. Yeah, or but 60, I, sixty-two now rather. And I, I do have to say, Brennan Ottman's the one untouchable, I would say. Uh, Ariana's. Brennan I don't Oldham. think they're going to have to give up Brennan Ottman in that they're trade. Not. I really they're, don't. They're not going to have to do that. All right, so I, I want to – all right, so let me go – I want to see something real quick. because I, I want to go back to the trade for Ryan O'Reilly. Like, I want to I want to see – And, and Corsday, and your point about Panarin is dis, uh, disappearing really makes me want Kane more because – I don't know if I trust him in the playoffs. You know, one guy you can trust in the playoffs, Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider has been a money player his entire career in the playoffs. Mika's badge had proving he's a money player in the playoffs. So there's two guys right there. I want to. But Ariana's saying, I mean, if you acquire it was O'Reilly, Noel Chari, and Pilar to Toronto for Vitaly Abramov, uh, Adam Goddard, 
2023 first, a 2023 third, and a 20 and, and a 2024 second round pick to St. Louis, and then a 2025 fourth rounder to Minnesota for to, to retain the deal. I, honestly, t- there is no prospect in that deal that comes close to the level of Brennan Othman. Vitaly Abramov is not that. Neither is Gaudet. And um, as you but- said, there is there was no no trade protection for Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. Which means there's the no trade protection for Patrick Kane. And he could say, send me the Rangers or not. And then you might get a very, very disappointed guy if they don't send him there. Yeah. It, it, it's it, the cap the cap is not hard at all. All they have to do is wave Lashizen, include Kraftsoff in the trade, or wave him, whatever. And then they they can get a third team in. And we have different we have examples of how it looks for a third team to be in the deal. And it's it it doesn't cost much to get that third team to 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 help retain. It's it's not. We even you know saw what? David Savard and Derek Broussard trades in previous years, too. And and by the way, I'm sorry, David. No. Uh, it was a first, a third. Uh, a, I think it's a, a B-level prospect, this Hunter Skinner. A B-level? No. Hunter Skinner is not a B-level prospect. May, I think he's more of a C. No, I'm trying to think what you're saying because it's not Sammy like Blay. Sammy Blay Sammy is nothing. Hunter Skinner is like a a. a, a D a D plus maybe C minus level prospect. Skinner is not a good prospect. He's he is a long shot to make the NHL. So um Toronto Corey's laughing right now. Toronto got a prospect from Minnesota uh for being the third team. Yeah, I think he met St. Louis by that yeah. comment because Toronto didn't get that. But I mean, unless they're talking about Pilar, Pilar is not really anything great, though. Like he, you're you're not going to see a guy like that in the league. None of these none of these prospects thrown around in these deals so far have had any such sort of potential to be NHL players, like in, like big time, like impact players. Winnipeg just tied it. Let's go Jets. Um, <laughs> oh, Anthony's gonna gonna really kill you on that one. Oh, I don't care. They're, the, uh, the the Islanders are now behind the Rangers. So now, now this, I don't, I don't want them getting closer to the Rangers. That's it. No. But um, Brooks wrote today that Kravtsov's locker was moved at the practice facility. Yeah, he's on his way out. Yeah, he's on his way out. Kravtsov, Kravtsov should be gone. There is nothing to keep. It, you keep running Kravtsov out there. It's not going to happen. Uh, it, Again, Ottman well, is the future, so why would you? And they still have to worry about uh, Lafreniere, Kako, and Heedle, uh for their new through their contracts coming up. I mean, Kako is uh, the the one after next year, not this year. So it's just there's no reason to have Vitaly Kratsov on this team. And a lot of people that got upset about it, and you know I, that's the harsh truth about it. He has to go. Yeah. All right. Phil, I'm going to play the music and start us on the way out. Yeah. Uh, Because we are right now at 813. Wow. Yeah. It's over two hours today. Yeah. I mean, we, 
We're gonna well, we're me and Anthony are gonna have at least four hours. Me and you did six uh for the, twice. We did the draft and we did this. Uh we did uh the trade deadline, which is coming up. No, I'm talking as a comparison, Tarasenko didn't bring in too much and Tarasenko had multiple teams on his list yeah and that, and that's the point i mean kane has it, oh, it oh. seems like there's only one team he wants to go to yeah by the way, by the way so, so sorry, sorry about that about it was the other way around with you yeah that you were actually saying it didn't take much i thought yeah. you were saying that, that the rangers are gonna have to pay but, more. But, but again that's just to the point of what i'm speaking to so so trade deadline is next week can't wait for this because once once the trade line trade deadline's done, you look over and say, my team's on the floor. Phil, let me just throw one thing out there and I want to make sure you're gonna give me the answer. I think it's gonna happen. Patrick Kane does not become a New York Ranger next week. They whiff on uh Barbashev. They don't get Max Domi. They're they're not able to add another player. Does Brennan Ottman come up in April? No. Okay. No, no. They're, you got to slide that contract the next they, year, right? They, yeah, they, they're not going to do that. That's absolutely not happening. Um, I, that, I believe that was actually addressed by Arthur Stable, I think, in one of his mailbags. I, I would say the probability of that happening is almost zero. All right. Well, everybody, thanks very much. It's always great doing these shows, especially with you guys. And... We're always, we're always doing our best for you. So, uh, can't wait for next Friday. We're going to have, obviously, another main show Wednesday. If there's any big breaking news, we will be on air to discuss it. Um, maybe I'll do another Sunday stream just out of nowhere. Uh, there was 55 of you at one point for this today, and there's been a steady stream of about 40 the entire day. So, guys, again, thank you very much. It is great to do this. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what we got. What are you? Uh, what are you looking forward to this week, Phil? Uh, besides Patrick King. Besides that, oh, uh, got another pair of skates coming in. Got to go get those baked, and then uh, playing some hockey this weekend. So that should be fun. Yeah, I had a game at Freeport, and uh, again, it was it was a good game. Went down to the final minute. Had a goal in the game. And just, I don't understand why people can't win faceoffs because I win like eighty percent of mine. Oh so, yeah, that's that's why your title underneath your thing used to say faceoff. Faceoff extraordinaire. Faceoff extraordinaire. Yeah. My <laughs> bad. All right, guys, everybody, thank you very much. We're gonna cut out. I'm gonna go get something to eat. We'll have the audio Great. up for you in about thirty minutes. Thank you very much, guys. Take care, everybody. And, and also, have an ice day. Have an ice day. I like it. <laughs> what do you find? Tony starts saying that. And.